The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. How you doing? Super Bowl week. It is Super Bowl week. How you doing? Absolutely one of the greatest weeks in American sports history. It's the Super Bowl. It is absolutely our number one sporting event in this country. I don't really give a shit about the World Cup. You guys can take that, whatever. I don't care about the World Cup. I don't care about FIFA. I don't care. Well, I do care about the Eagles playing in Brazil. Why? So that you can expand the brand around the world that no one cares about American football? Dude, nobody in the world cares about American football. Why don't you just be transparent with people and tell them the only reason you're doing that is so that you can start your cash register early or keep it going later in the day. This has got nothing to do with expanding the brand. Do you actually believe anybody in London or anybody in Paris give a shit about American football? I hate soccer. I hate soccer. I hate soccer. It's soft. I hate it. I hate it. I do. And what what, what I don't like is that the NFL owners give a shit more about the European little sawed-off guys that kick the ball around like Messi and Ronaldo, then they care more about Patrick Mahomes and care more about Jalen Hurts. I don't give a shit about those guys. Why? We have to rip the uh, stadium carpets up for the World Cup FIFA guys because they will refuse to play at the stadium surfaces that we have now for the NFL guys. So we've got to give them natural grass. Then you go back to the shit you give the NFL guys. Got the 49ers complaining about the bullshit grass that you have up at UNLV. Hey, if I were the 49ers, just move on. Because the NFL doesn't give a shit about your health. Don't ever 
in your life ever think the NFL ever cares about player safety? With the bullshit services that they have, and when those weirdo soccer guys, they want to play a World Cup in America, they'll bend over backwards. Because you know why? It's the economic dollar around the world. American sports in America, when it comes to NFL football, it's huge here and only here. I get it. Soccer is the biggest sport in the world. I don't care about the rest of the world. I don't care. Hey, you see that match between England and Germany? No. Have you ever watched the World Cup match sales? Three. Do you care about the World Cup? No. Do you do you know who Messi is? Kind of. How come you're not? You're a sports guy. How come you don't? Because I don't like soccer. I like chicks WNBA more than I like soccer. I would watch minor league baseball before I watch soccer. I would watch tadpoles racing in a pond or in my kitchen sink before I'd watch soccer. I mean, dude, honestly, hey, 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 hey Tone, I'm going to get a fishbowl and go, that's more interesting than guys kicking with their feet. It's just not happening. Americans hate soccer. American athletes hate soccer. Can you imagine LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Shaq if soccer was really a deal in this country? Come on, man. But our owners in the NFL, we're going to lift the surfaces for the World Cup and we'll give the shitty surfaces to the 49ers so they can practice on it. Super Bowl week. <laughs> yeah. Right, WWE is more interesting than them weirdos that flop around. Holy Lord. You see those guys, man, calf injuries. <laughs> like they like a sniper shot them out of the stands. Ridiculous. All right. I've done enough, and that's probably all the soccer talk you'll hear for the entire year as we move forward. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to make your ears bleed. So we move on. Hey, you got to really like Nick Sirianni. Tell me if this is genuine. Tell me if this is genuine. Ready? You know what? I really love the fact that we hired Kellen Moore. Unbelievable. It is great he's here. Holy cow, I can't wait to work with him. I can't wait to see what... I'm paraphrasing that stupid-ass release that they have on the website. I can't... I love... I. This is my God Almighty. I love him. He's so great. It's unbelievable. What an unbelievable hire we made. I love the fact that Kellen Moore took my job. Holy cow. I love the fact he took my job. Really? <laughs> yeah, Nick Siri puppet. Hey, seriously, man. Howie Roseman's Chapetto. And Nick Siriani's Pinocchio. That's what you got. You got Chapetto. And you got 
Pinocchio. Well, you know who Geppetto is. He's the guy that makes the doll talk. <laughs> hey, I really love the hire. Unbelievable. And it's one of the best things we've done. I'm so happy I lost my job. I can't believe what a what a great thing this is that I lost my job as play caller and orchestrating the offense. Come on, man. Nobody buys that, do you? Oh, wait a minute. If you buy it, you're one of those stiffs that think that this is great that he's back. If you think Nick Sirianni being in that building is a good thing and you're basing it on what his one loss record is, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That guy's not a coach. And will please people stop comparing him to John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin? Are you out of your mind? George Seifert got a team to a Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni going for a train ride to get to a Super Bowl doesn't make you a great coach. I know coaches that have gotten teams to Super Bowls. Bobby Ross got to a Super Bowl. Is he a great coach? Bobby Ross took a team to a Super Bowl. <laughs> Ray Han, no, not Ray Hanley. What was the guy's name that took the Giants? Who was the coach that took the Giants to the Super Bowl and got beat by the Ravens? Who was that guy that took them? Like 2000 or 1999? What was the coach that took the Giants to the Super Bowl? What was that guy's name in 2000? That's it, Jim Fossil. Thank you, Barb. Jim Fossil took a team to a Super Bowl. Whoa, whoa. Stop the presses, Nick. You got guys comparing Nick Sirianni to Don Shula and Chuck Noll. He's more comparable to Jim Fossil. Okay? Jim Fossil and Bobby Ross. That's who he's comparable to. Mike Tomlin. You gotta be kidding me. Holy cow, man. That's pretty funny. I'm awake. Are you? Sirianni can't wait to show up in Brazil with a mask of a clown on. That's hilarious. Kudos to you, my friend. Kudos to you. Absolutely. I'm so glad Kellen Moore took my job. Unbelievable. What a bullshit artist, man. Holy cow. We are packed today. By the way, we're going to have a fun guest today. Rohan Marley's going to join us. Today is the anniversary of Bob Marley's birthday. One Love is coming out February 14th. He's a sportsman. He is absolutely loves football, played at the University of Miami a couple of years after me, played with The Rock. He's a successful businessman. He's got a resort in the Bahamas. And by the way, I'm trying to get him to advertise on the program too. And he is a dear friend of ours. And Bob Marley's son, Rohan Marley, will join us. That'll be at 5.30, tone at his normal time at 3.30. And you will join us here during this Super Bowl week. Prince is like, I'm in Jamaica. Hey, Prince, if you're really in Jamaica, how big is the Marley family in Jamaica? You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay? Hey, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because the Marley family... 
is pretty big in Jamaica and great, great, great folks. And we look forward to it too. So once again, we appreciate him coming aboard. That'll be at 5.30 Eastern time. All right. Now we go to Chapetto. And let's, let's aim our target at Mr. Gator. Howie Roseman. I don't know why I said Mr. Gator. But Howie Roseman. I got a shopping list here. Actually, Tone turned me on to this website. And I love it now. It's a cool-looking little tool. Tool in a good way, because some of you in here are tools. This is a tool you use when it comes to putting your show together. I think we all agree. Inside backers, outside linebackers, cornerbacks. Maybe running back. I think you're going to be shocked. Strong safeties and edge. Some of these price tags are going to shock you. Let's start with the backers. Last year, the market value for Devin White of the Bucks was $20 million. Do you know what his market value is now? It's 10.7. Is that too rich? If the market value is 10.7, you can negotiate with him and say, you lost your job. And you bring that number down to eight. Would you contemplate that? He's 25. He's 25. Would you look at that, Devin White? I thought his number market value was going to be higher. Or is that too high? Now, here's a high number. Patrick Queen's out. You're not getting him. So we're taking him off the list. You're not getting Patrick Queen. You're not getting Patrick Queen. He's 18.5. He's not happening. Now, here's somebody that's in Howie's ballpark. Remember, don't think like you or I. Would we like to have Patrick Queen play in the middle of the Eagle defense this coming season? Absolutely. But the reality is they're not spending $18.5 million. One, they don't do it. Second, they don't have the money to do it. So you kind of have to look at somebody like him. Yeah, yeah, 11 goes, Queen is a centerpiece. You're not spending $18 million and you don't have the money. You don't have the money. Okay. How about from the Chiefs? Willie Gay Jr. at $7 million. These are all market values for these players. He's a young ball player, too. He's like 25, 26. For the Chiefs, he's in the World Super Bowl for the second year in a row. I'd make a play for that kid. 
I think Willie Gay Jr. is the target. Now, do I think can't I don't know if Kansas City is going to spend that money on him. You know, you're always going to get more when you're negotiating with your team. Okay? He plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's an inside backer, and his market value is seven. That's somebody I'm interested in. I'm circling this. And he's economically feasible, and he's in Howie's ballpark. And in the Eagles' ballpark on what they spend money. Bob goes, Kansas City won't let him go. Well, then you're going to have to franchise tag him, and that's $20 million. Kansas City's not going to franchise tag Willie Gay Jr. and pay him $20 million. His market value is 7 Don't you get it? He's an undervalued player who's good. I think that tells you a little bit about the market, too, when it comes to linebackers. Devin White, in my opinion, 10-7, you lost your job? I don't know. You lost your job to a rookie. Am I paying that? I don't know. I don't think so. Remember something. Quarterback is the guy that they have in Kansas City. The rest of those guys are all expendable. I don't believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to re-sign Chris Jones. 31 years old. You're going to give him $31 million, $32 million and sign him to a three-year, $100 million deal and guarantee almost all that money? If you're Kansas City with all those young guys you have back there at the corner position, your defensive line, are you really going to do that? So Willie Gay Jr., $7 million. See where we are? Don't talk Patrick Queen, Devin White. That's out of your ballpark. It's totally out of your ballpark. Let's go to outside backers. You're not getting Josh Allen at 23.9. Now, these are market values. You're not looking at that. I'll tell you somebody from the Patriots. How do you say his name? Josh C. UC? UC? Is that how you say it? UCHE? 8.3 million. I'm kind of interested in that. He's a good ball player. He plays in New England, or he was in New England. I like that. Guy can play. He's been very productive in New England. New England was a really good defense last year. 8.3? Outside backer, price tags in the room, 8-3. Another guy. Cornerback. Jeff Okuda from the Falcons, 14-7. Probably not going there because you have so much money now. In expensive corners. Emmanuel Mosley from the Lions. Lions secondary not that hot. He's at $8 million. I'm going in the draft here. I don't like the corners that are going to be free agents. They're overpriced. And most of them are too old. This is not a good free agent market for corners. I don't think. Yeah, no, I'm with you. 
I think fourteen seven is his market value. I don't know. No, no, thank you. And then Mosley at eight million. The Lions didn't really have a great secondary. That's one of the weakest parts of their defense. So I'm like this, not interested in that. So I'm going draft. Put a big draft here. This is going to shock you. Now, these are market values going into the offseason here. If you could get Derrick Henry for 4.3 million bucks, would you pay it? Derrick Henry's market value is 4.3 million. I gotta tell you, I could use him like LeGarrett Blunt. Derrick Henry is no longer a 250 carry guy a year. To me, get this. Would you do this? Hey, this isn't my evaluation. 4.3 million is what his market value is, Derrick Henry, and he's 30. Okay? 1,200 yards behind that shitty Titan line? What do you think Derrick Henry at 30 would do with the Eagle four all-pro or pro bowl uh, offensive lineman and Jalen Hurts? 1,400 yards? If, if they so chose to use him that way. Richie, Swift is not a power back. They need a power back. But here, let's do this. Swift's market value, 6.7. If you're the Eagles, remember we said you had to be a little bit out of the box this year with some of the things in your evaluations? Would you pay $10 million or $11 million for Swift and Henry to be your backfield? Would you, Swiss, Swiss market value is 6.7. Derrick Henry has got a lower market value at 4.3. It's 11 million bucks. Would you pay $11 million to have the duo of Derrick Henry and DeAndre Swift in your backfield? Would you do that? Of course you wouldn't, MG. And then you go with the same shitty run game you had last year. You didn't have a great run game. It was okay. When you needed it, you couldn't count on it. You didn't have a power game. You became more of a finesse team. You got away with it early, and then after the fact, dude, teams like the Giants were outrushing you. You didn't have a good run game at the end. And you really didn't have a good run game from week eight on. Get this. Josh Jacobs' market value is 10-6. Saquon Barkley is 9-9. I'm not paying that. No, thank you. I think Saquon Barkley, I think Saquon Barkley's a good football player. 10 million bucks? <laughs> I'm not paying that. I'll take Derrick Henry. 4-3 versus 9-9? Well, Barkley's younger. Barkley's also been a 300-carry guy. And it hasn't shown you that he could stay healthy like Derrick Henry has. I'm taking Henry all day, dude. That's a good one, too, there. I like that. Who said that? Um, 
Michael, I like that. Sign Derrick Henry and draft a kid. Then you get it even cheaper. Correct. I like that. Michael, Derrick Henry, and then you draft a kid, the kid from Texas, or the kid from FSU. In the fourth round, get him on a rookie contract, you're paying about $5 million bucks. That would be great. See, Derrick Henry, his market value, 4-3. Sorry, Tone, but I think your calculator or that website you use, I don't believe that. But if they're posting that, I'm going with it. Because they seem to be pretty on and pretty reliable when it comes to some of the market values of some of these players. Derrick Henry four, had 1,200 yards on a shitty Titans team that surrendered. He's still got shit in the tank, dude. Derrick Henry, hey, look at this asshole here. No wonder his name is Carson Wentz. This is what he says is washed. Let's take a look at if he's washed or not. Like your DB, um, James Toastberry. Derrick Henry's stats. He's probably been really not playing well the last couple of years. So, you know, according to Carson Mess, he's probably not very good. You know what I mean? So he's probably down to like six, 700 yards the last three years. So let's take a look at that. Okay. Derrick Henry, his last six years, 1167 and 12 touchdowns this past season on 280 carries. That won't happen in Philly. Year before that, 1538. So in the last two years, according to this guy, Carson Mess, he's gained 2,700 yards and had 25 rushing touchdowns. And he says that's washed up. What was his yards per carry? 4-2 and 4-4. That's washed? Okay, wait a minute. Here, let's go even better here. 1167, 1538. He had 937 in eight games when he got hurt in 21. He followed up getting hurt with a 1,600-yard year. Okay. And the year before that, he was 2,027. And the year before that, he had 1,540. And here's his touchdowns, 16, 17, 10, 13, and 12. That guy says this guy's washed up. Hey, Carson Mess, are you kidding me? You know what washed up is? One of your corners. That's washed up. You got to, hey, Derrick Henry behind Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson, and Jordan Malata goes for 1,400 yards. He goes for 1,400 yards. And you draft a rookie. Dude, that's a, that's a great plan. And it won't cost you more than $5 bucks. Bob goes like this. The signing of Henry reminds me of DeMarco Murray. Are you crazy? Murray was never in. Dude, Henry is a Hall of Fame back. Murray was a dude. Murray was a dude. This guy's not a dude. Oh, my God. Are you trying to compare that guy? That's like you comparing 
Um, Pinocchio Sirianni to Mike Tomlin. Idiotic at its finest. Who, by the way, who's DeMarco Murray? Sorry. Who's DeMarco Murray? I never heard of him. Oh, is he the kid from Arkansas? Was he the guy that was overrated back from the Cowboys? I I don't remember him. Sorry, you'll have to help me out here. Who was he? I forgot. Who, who, Who was he? If that's washed up, I'll take him. Right. Q. This guy's got 2,700 yards in two years, and 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 Car and Carson Mess thinks that that's washed up with 27, 25 touchdowns, four and a half yards of carry. He's washed up, right? You wouldn't sign that for four million a year. Some of you Eagle fans, you 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 know you overvalue your your guys you have on the team. DeAndre Swift is a fine ball. But DeAndre Swift's got a higher market value than Derrick Henry does. And Derrick Henry will do more for your football team this coming year than Swift will. Swift had a career year. And you guys got blasted in the opening round of the wild card playoffs. Derrick Henry's going to run people over. Get you back to who you are. Help hurts out. By the way, have you seen him blow up blitzing linebackers? I think you forget that. They take Swift out on some of the downs because he's not a very good blocking running back and picking up blitzers. Their country is going to deplete people. I mean, do you think, does Henry not only, get this, think about this, for $4.3 million, Derrick Henry helps your run game and your pass protection. Is it that worth it? No, 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 I pass. It's DeMarco Murray. <laughs> DeMarco Murray. Okay, sure. Hey, you guys are right on your... You guys are right on today, man. Sills, he's kind of like DeMarco De, uh, Murray, DeMarco Murray trade or deal. Man, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Eagle running backs can't pass block. Now, that's an epiphany, William. This just in, Williams, the Eagle running backs can't block. Yeah, yeah, got it. My dad always tells me about John Riggins. He's like that. If I had a time machine, I would sign him to the roster as soon as possible. John Riggins, that's a great comparison. Riggins, everyone thought he was done when he was later in his career when he had played the majority of his early part of his career when um, he was with the Jets. And Bobby Bethard and Joe Gibbs bring him over to the to the Redskins, and the rest is history. He became a Hall of Famer, not because of his play with the Jets. He became a Hall of Famer because of what he did with the Redskins. That's what made Riggins a Hall of Famer. And John Riggins ran dudes over. John Riggins, Derrick Henry, that's a great comparison. Absolutely. Absolutely the same. With a little bit of Earl Campbell because of the speed. Campbell had speed. Yeah, Henry's a phenomenal running back. I'd love that. If not for anything, red, hey, not for anything, red zone and pass protection. 
Absolutely. Um, Austin Eckler, 7-4. Eh, that's all right. If I'm going to sign a guy like that, I'll keep Swift. Dirty D goes, I'd love Henry in our backfield. Okay. Um, Danny, did Holtz coach Riggins? He might have. With the Jets? He might have. Riggins went to Kansas. Same place Sarah's went, believe it or not. Um, So maybe Holtz, maybe Holtz coached him for those games that he was there with the Jets. That sounds about right. All right, let's move on from back. I want Derrick Henry. Need to sign a power back. We said it yesterday. And he's cheap. Okay? Safeties, strong. Xavier McKinney, 10.4. Would the Eagles spend, am I crazy? Would the Eagles spend $10 million on a safety? The kid from the Patriots, Duger, Kyle Duger, 16-5. Would they spend $10 million? Xavier McKinney, is he that good enough for me to, or am I going to go into the draft here? Okay. I'm probably not. I'm probably draft here. So I'm probably going draft there. Okay. Hey, Dustin, I'm with you. Henry's better than Saquon Barkley, and he's more reliable. And he get this. Think about this, Dustin. Not that Barkley's played with exceptional quarterbacks. But Derrick Henry took a team to the AFC Championship game with Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback. What do you think he would do with Jalen Hurts? He put the Titans in the AFC Championship game. I mean, it was him and the defense that got to the AFC title game. It wasn't Ryan Tannehill. He's never had a quarterback. For that matter, he's really never had an O-line. Resign CJ or get Justin Simmons. Gardner Johnson's a kind of a funny proposition. Did he burn bridges? I don't believe in that stuff. I don't care. Guy says some shitty things outside on the way out the door. Who cares? Do you want to come back and play? And here's the problem, though. I don't think the Eagles would offer him the money he wants. Now he was hurt last year. Is his market value back down again? Probably. Gardner Johnson going to get $6 million on the open market after spending the entire year on IR? Probably not. So if you're the Eagles, do you go in there and offer him $4.5 bucks to come and play safety for the Eagles? Would you do that? Would you eat your pride because he talks shit on you? Or would you moan about it and go, I don't want him. He was one of the factors why your defense sucked out loud, him not being there. Rolling goes, CJ burn his bridge. Why would you say that? If a player can help you and he wants to come back and play, what do you care? What if you care he called you an asshole but wanted to make amends and come back and play? You're telling me you wouldn't forgive that? And he can help your team and you'd be better? You're stupid. You're not thinking with clarity when you think like that. You're thinking emotionally. When you're building a roster like this, you can't put that shit in there. You can't, you can't concern yourself with that. Okay? 
I mean, I think you get him at a market value deal. Four million? He's not making eight or six or whatever he thinks he's going to make. He's not. Okay? He's not. Edge rusher. We kind of talked about this yesterday a little bit with Tone. Um, both these guys. Chase Young at 13-3, market value. They're probably going to draft here. Burns, you're not getting at 21-7. So here's, here's what you are in the room. This Chase Young at 13-3, sorry, man. Uh, you're, not, you're not getting him because you're not paying for him. And you don't have the money for him. Brian Burns at 21-7, you're not getting that. You're not paying for that. So here's the guy, Derrick Henry and Willie Gay. Those are the free agents you should target. Gay, $7 million, market value. Mike Linebacker, put him in the middle. He's been to two AFC title games in a row. He's young. And he played with Spagnola, and he's now playing for another world championship when you want him. Now, I agree. I don't know if they're going to let him out of the building. I think they're going to probably try to do everything they can and maybe pay him that $7 million. Okay? But, th- again... People think that you're going to be able to go out on the open market and find players. You're not. You're going to be, again, down at the bottom of the barrel because you don't have money unless you get guys to renegotiate or you move dudes. Again, this is here, here's what I say to you. You're either going to move Hassan Reddick or those two, Hassan Reddick and your two corners, or you're not going to be a player in free agency. If you don't address your two corners with the money that's on their contract and Hassan Reddick, you have no shot at retooling your defense when it comes to veterans. You have no chance. Either you move them and get the money and retool, which maybe that's the best. See, you may take a bigger step backwards this coming year. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? You may take a step backwards with younger players and with newer players, and with Vic, which means you're not going to make the playoffs. But instead of being a four-win or five-win team in two years, you maybe get back to being a 10-win team, or in the NFC, an 11-win team. I'll tell you something right now. Detroit, Green Bay, the Rams, the Niners are all getting better. You're not. You're going to take a step backwards. And I'm not even on the offensive side yet. You are in a rebuild. When you change your entire coaching staff out, the only guy that survives is the head coach. Everyone in the building pretty much got fired except the O-line coach and the head coach. Everyone else has been canned. Nick survives that. Sills, what would it take to get Patrick Sertain from the Denver Broncos? His market value, you're gonna ha- you would have to pay him in excess of $20 million. And on top of that, you would have to give Denver, in my opinion, two ones and at least a three or four to get him in the building. Okay? You would. 
And by the way, the reason that I say that your football team is trending to five wins is because you have the worst defense in the league, not because you're quarterback. Your defense can't, can't be Drew Locke, Zach Wilson, Tyrod Taylor. You're not losing to Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. You're losing to Stiffs and guys who won't be on the team. There's a debate on whether or not Baker Mayfield will be back with the Bucs. He could be looking for his fifth team. You lost to Stiffs. Stiffs. Again, unless Jalen can play DB, and unless he can play safety, you got massive rebuild. Again, get this. When I say you're a five-win team, that's not an indictment on Jalen Hurts. I think sometimes you think that, that that's a reflection of the quarterback. It's not. I'm talking about your roster here. I can name five teams in the NFC that are better than you roster-wise. Detroit's got a better roster than you. Shit, Green Bay has a better roster than you. 49ers clearly. Do the Rams? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so, but they're going to get better. They got a great organization. Um, I, I, when, we, when you hear the flag waving that goes on, that you know they still got one of the better rosters. No, they don't. They got a good offense. There's nothing on defense. Nothing. Zero. Carter, Sweat, Milton Williams, and overpaid old guys. Disaster once Hurts wheels go and contract kicks in. Hollywood, I don't know if his wheels are going. All I know is, is that they don't want him to run. Okay? And if they don't want him to run, you're taking, for me, I don't like dual threat guys like that anyway. But if you're taking the one part of his game away that's the threat, Dalen Hurts is not a quarterback I'm building my team around. I'm just not. I don't think he's good enough as a passer to win you from the pocket yet. I just don't. Hertz didn't get to the Super Bowl by throwing from the pocket. He got to the Super Bowl being dual threat and a threat out in the perimeter. He was a bigger threat. And teams had to stay closer or they he developed his passing game through his run game. And when they took that dynamic, they slowed his passing progression, and that's why he had turnovers. Again, it's going to be a slow crawl to improve him in passing. That's not a cop on him. That's normal with anybody. I want to show you something here, too, when it comes to developing the quarterbacks. In the last 10 years, how many first-round quarterbacks out of 29 quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round of taking teams to Super Bowls Almost 30 guys have been drafted in the first round. Can you name me the three quarterbacks that have taken teams to Super Bowls in the last decade? Can you name me the three? Guys know the three quarterbacks. There's been 29 drafted in the first round. Okay? In the first round, that have taken teams to Super Bowls. 
in the last 10 fucking years, 29 quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round. Only three have taken teams to a Super Bowl. Can you name them? Okay, since most of you are morons, I'm going to help you out here. Joe Burrow in 2020, Patrick Mahomes in 17, and Jared Goff in 16. One was first player taken. Goff was also the first player taken. Mahomes was the 10th player taken. Only three guys. What's the point of paying these guys? What's the point of drafting a guy? 30 guys in the last decade that were drafted in the first round of taking teams to Super Bowls. And by the way, Burrow and Golf lost. So the only guy in the last decade to take a team to the Super Bowl is Patrick Mahomes. So landing on the quarterback position in the first round, I'm not sure it's really worth it. There's more of a miss chance than there is a hit chance. 30 guys were taken. One quarterback has won a Super Bowl in 10 years, and only three have gotten to the game itself. That's why that Brock Purdy model, the Hertz model, the um, that's why you paid him too soon. You didn't get full benefit from it. That's the problem that you have once again with Howie Roseman. It's not the fact that I don't want Jalen Hurts paid. You never took advantage completely of how young, how how you could have had another year on that deal. You could have franchise tagged him, paid thirty million for him, and found out if he was really your guy, and you could have benefited by spending some more money on your roster. But they wanted to get there. And now, again, the cap hits are great. So it's not really the base. If I'm, I shouldn't be complaining about the base because it's not that big a deal. And actually, the way that they got it constructed, they should be able to still take some advantage of it. It's a great contract structure for the team and for Hertz. I get my money in my pocket, and I help the team be able to try to rebuild. But again, at the end of the day, look at what they're going to be addressing here. They're going to be addressing offensive guys again, Landon Dickerson and Devontae. They're not addressing anybody on defense. You're going to spend $20 million on two players a piece. Okay. 2 million. Or 20 million on a piece on two dudes. Okay, and and when when people say this, well, Howie will figure out how to get Devontae and AJ on the team. I don't want you to figure that out. I want you to build your fucking defense up. And if Hertz is the $50 million guy you guys think he is, he should be able to carry the team and pick up the load when you lose a player like that so you can strength. Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl, not because Tyreek Hill. I mean, get this. He's not on that... Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl because of Steve Spagnola and that defense getting better. And because Mahomes getting better. 
dude, I'll tell you, paying big-time wide receivers, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, paying big-time quarterbacks, looks a little overrated to me. It looks a little overrated. I mean, the best receiver, like how many people think Justin Jefferson is going to be worth $30 million? How many people here think Justin Jefferson's worth $30 million? I don't. I don't. Who's your quarterback? Who, who's your Who's your D coordinator? Like, does anybody think in the next 10 years Justin Jefferson's going to win a Super Bowl in Minnesota? Jermaine goes, I do. So you're going to pay a guy $300 million and never get to the Super Bowl. Was that worth it? Really? Like I said to you, that's one of the reasons Kansas City doesn't pay wideouts and the Brady era in New England didn't pay wideouts. And they're multiple Super Bowl championship organizations. All they did was pay the quarterback. They never paid anybody on offense. Okay? Mahomes is going for his third winning Super Bowl. He's in his fourth. Brady, what was he in? Was he six and three when he was in the wing? He went to nine. You're talking 12 Super Bowls with no wide receivers. And you want to pay $40 million and 50 to a quarterback. You're not going to win. You're just not going to win. Teams that are loaded. And, and re, hey, and the reason that you see 20 or $18 million in San Francisco with the running back and you got Debo making a lot of money, something's got to give. The quarterback makes no money. Think of that. I laid it out for you that two teams have gone to 12 Super Bowls. Couple of years Hill was in the building. I think that one they got, he got one Super Bowl. Only Tyree Kill, a $20 million, and they never paid him. So wait a minute. They never paid Hill. They never paid Tyree Kill gigantic money in Kansas City. So really, those two franchises that have been the benchmark franchises never paid a wideout or never paid a quarterback. Well, Mahomes is being paid. But they never paid Brady. Why would you want two $20 million wideouts? It doesn't work. Your roster's unbalanced. You do not have a balanced salary cap. The two most successful franchises don't spend money on wideouts and spend their money on defense and O-line. It's what Kansas City's doing. 49ers have the best rock. Get this. How about this one? Kansas City's going into their second Super Bowl with the lesser roster. And they're probably going to win it. Hey, spend all your money on your offense. And no money on defense. And you'll not win again. You benefited from the NFC being down the last couple of years. The NFC is back rolling in the right direction now. Okay? Okay? Hill wants to make the Hall of Fame. He's not retiring. The only ring he's going to get, and he does have one from Kansas City. 
He's not. How many people think that they're um, Tyree Kill's going to win a Super Bowl with the Dolphins? I don't. You think Devontae Adams is going to win a Super Bowl with the Raiders? I don't. Cooper Cup gave the Rams a hometown discount to stay in L.A. Or they'd have moved him too. All these big-time wide receivers like Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams are not worth it. They're just not. What have they done? And you're going to pay him half a billion dollars. I think that's money wasted. I think you look at an imperfect system that because of market value, you do this. Well, he's the best player in the game. He should be rewarded. He should be. But if you're looking to win a Super Bowl in a team sport, paying one guy or five guys the majority of your salary cap, you're never going to win. You've got to have cap integrity. The Eagles do not have cap integrity right now. Look at their defense. It's in shambles because of the money they've shelled out on offense. That goes back to your general manager. Poor drafting, throwing money after bad money, and every time they fuck up in the draft, they cover it with free agency. Tell me I'm wrong. Now, let's look. This goes into this topic here. Okay. Hey, Barb, I would not be shocked if the New York Giants, because of the Daniel Jones deal, I agree with you. They may cut Barkley. Now, he's a free agent. So, you know, they may just let him. It was a, a one year deal, Barb. So they're going to let him walk out the building, maybe. They're probably not going to offer him. So, yeah, he's got, I I think he signed a one year extension. So he's not going to be a free agent. I think he's just going to be able to walk out the building and pick his team. Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, I'm not paying $11 million for him. I have no interest in that. Teams aren't being built by the back anymore. I'm not paying that. I'm going to pay money for tight ends, O-line, money in my quarterback and on defense. I'm going to use the can I'm going to use the Kansas City model. No, actually, I'm going to use the 49er model. I'm not going to spend 100 million dollars on a quarterback. Jalen Hurts' contract will stop that Eagle team from making the Super Bowl once down the because as he gets older and that contract escalators kick in more and the salary and the Cap hits hit more, the chances of the Eagles uh, winning the Super Bowl becomes less. These next two years, you have to win it because the cap hits are so low. But as this thing goes up, those things escalate. Now, you'll go like this. The cap gets bigger, 18%. It doesn't go up 25%. So it goes up 18% every year. Sills in the last 10 years... We had Peyton Manning, Matt Stafford, and Mahomes, Jared Goff. Dude, Peyton Manning was not drafted in 2012. In the last 10 years, 29 players have been drafted. 
in the first round. Only three have gotten to the Super Bowl. One has won it. What are you talking about? Peyton Manning was not drafted in 2012. What are you talking about? Can you not add from 2012 to 22? I didn't count these last guys. There's only been 29 first-round quarterbacks drafted. 29. Three have gotten to the Super Bowl. One has won it, Mahomes. Okay? What are you talking about? Here, where's that list? Once again... From 2012 to 2022, 10 years, okay, 10 years. Here's Tone, based off those odds, I'm better drafting a quarterback in a second or later. Absolutely. From 2012 to 2022, you don't have to be sorry, Dirty D, you get a hall pass every day. You're one of the very few guys that get a hall pass. You're good, brother. Only Joe Burrow, hey, Dirty D, only Joe Burrow, Mahomes, and Golf have been drafted in the first round, led their team to a Super Bowl. And there's only been one quarterback that won the Super Bowl in the last decade, Mahomes. That was a first rounder. Think about it. Like Tone just said, hey, Dirty D, like Tone just said, you've had 30 quarterbacks drafted. Three in the first round as an average every year, and only one guy's won it. Why would you spend all that money in first-round equity on a quarterback when you're not sure that guy, there's most likely he's not going to be good? Why would you do that? Why, why, why would you do that? It doesn't make economical sense, and it doesn't make strategical sense. When you're building your football team, when you know for a fact there's a better chance that those guys – Hey, that makes me do this on the Carson Wentz deal. Hey, Carson Wentz, you get more out of Carson Wentz than most of these other guys did. Shit, Carson Wentz at least helped you win home field advantage. He didn't play in the Super Bowl, but he helped you get home field. Dude, all these guys that are going to get drafted, Caleb Williams, I don't see it. Okay, I don't see it. I mean, look, right, 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 Tone? Hey, you look at this. Carson Wentz is in that group in the last decade. Carson Wentz did more than 90% of all the quarterbacks that were drafted in the last decade. You guys call him a shitbag. He did more than 90% of the quarterbacks that were drafted. Single season record, passing-wise in yards, touchdown, had a winning record, won a NFC championship, Helped you win or get home field. Like I said, he was 11-2, I think, when he got injured in L.A. I mean, he's done way more than 90% of those guys. Sounds like the NFC knows what it's doing then because all the first round. That's a great point, Dirty D. Yeah, look. Look at the money, Lamar. Here, let me let me show you something, too, about Caleb Williams. And again, we're talking about building a roster here. Look at Caleb Williams. He's two and six versus top 15 teams. Is that a red flag for you? 
So against the shitty teams in college, he kills them. And he's two and six. Two and six versus top 15 teams. Are you drafting that in the first round? With the number one pick overall? And if you're Chicago, do you do that? And trade Justin Fitz? Is, is, is Caleb Williams that much better than Justin Fields? I don't think so. I'd rather roll with Fields. Fields is at least getting a niche better every year. He may not be getting, and he's got a shitty organization, and he's fighting, he's got a horrible head coach. He's got so many shitty things. Hey, if I'm him, I hope I'm traded. Send me to Pittsburgh. Send me to, hey, if I'm Chicago, I'm making this point now. I'm not drafting Caleb Williams and trading Justin Fields. I'm trading down in the draft to get Marvin Harrison Jr. for him. And then you got DJ Moore on the other side of him. And let's see what happens. The chances of you thinking that Caleb Williams is going to be good is a long shot at its best. I just proved it to you. Look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is better than 90%, 95% of the players that were drafted at quarterback his draft year. You could make the argument he's one or two. Burrow probably better. I think Allen's in that draft. Those three guys, Josh Allen, or no, Josh Rosen and the Miller Stiffs. <laughs> Tone's like, be careful, Sills. Facts, facts could be a little bit upsetting here and a little bit intimidating. I mean, why draft a quarterback in the first round? I need a quarterback. Well, just because he's he's got a first-round evaluation on him, your shot at getting it right is a 1,000 to 1. I'd rather build my roster up. And I'd rather go forward trying to find a guy that can help me win. Dak Prescott was a fourth-rounder. Jalen Hurts is a second-rounder. Brock Purdy is a seventh-rounder. Think about this. In the last two Super Bowls, You've had a second rounder and now a seventh rounder at the starting quarterback position. And you got Mahomes, who's a first round generational talent. He's played a fourth and a second rounder in the last two Super Bowls. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me to spend that money at quarterback and wideout anymore. Hurts didn't win the Super Bowl. Since Hurts was drafted in the second round, right now the Eagles are getting more out of him than people ever thought, completely and financially. Don't forget, too, Tone, the money. Now he's just, now he has to validate the contract. I don't think he has to validate the contract for two more years. Because, again, I'm not going to kill him on the fifty. I'm going to kill him on the 50 when the dead cap money starts to get up there and starts affecting my ability to maneuver around on my roster. When his contract affects the roster, you see, Howie, I think, did this. He never really took advantage of those minuscule cap hits. Like, Look at what he did on defense this year. He had a chance to do some good things this year. 
And get this. This is where I'm saying the draft guys didn't really step up the last two years on defense. Jordan Davis gave you a, he's played probably really eight good games. Carter gave you 12. I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball and guys that you've drafted in the last two years on defense, they really haven't had an impact. You've had to go free agency or to the garbage can to find linebackers and safeties. It's it's been it's it's not been good. You haven't benefited from your rookie contracts. It, I mean, not like Kansas City and not like you see in San Francisco. Okay. Jonathan, Jonathan thinks, okay, I promise you, AF, we're not, a, we're not, in, you're in a rebuild. I don't know how you don't think that defense is in a complete overhaul. And wait a minute, Jonathan, explain this to me if you're not in an over, if you're not in a rebuild. You have fired 99.8% of your coaches. You have the worst defense in the NFL the last eight weeks of the season and you think you're not in a rebuild, then what are you in? Jonathan, what would you call that if you're not in a rebuild where you fired every single coach, including your coordinators, and you were horrific on defense? What would you call that? I'm just interested in what word you would use for um, for that when you fired every coach on the planet. What is that called? What, what is there a new word I'm missing? Generation X has a new word, or are you blinded? I'm just curious. What's the word you're using that you would say the Eagles aren't in a rebuild? You got to replace nine guys on defense. Okay. How about refresh? How about telling the truth? It's a rebuild. It's a half rebuild. Good night. You fired all your coaches. You fired all your coaches. And it's not a rebuild. It's a retool. How do you retool when you're not good in a draft? Explain that one. Man. Lots of Kool-Aid. I'll I'll take Kool-Aid McKentry in the first round. All right, let me ask you this question here. How many people believe that Nick Sirianni is the number one coach on the – I'll tell you, here, here are the guys. I think Sean McDermott in Buffalo, his ass has to be pretty hot too, okay, when it comes to hot seat. I know, right, Tone? I mean, those are just the dumbest words, refine, refresh, retooling. The defense needs to be completely rebuilt, and your approach on offense needs to be completely rebuilt. Oh, but that's not a rebuild. That's kind of like refresh. Who talks like that? Only people that lie to themselves. Okay? McDermott's got to be on the hot seat. Um, I'll tell you what, that Zach Taylor better get his ass going. I know it's kind of hard when Burrow's injured. 
Okay, he's got to get his ass going. All these guys with these first-round quarterbacks, hey, man, you're all in that room now. Hey, I'll make a point to you, too. I love Doug Peterson. Doug. And I know it's Jacksonville. But Doug. Let's go. Okay? Let's go here. Love Doug. You're not you're not close to criticism too. Okay? You're not close to criticism. Eagles have bad contracts at corner. They don't have a legit starting safety at all. They have no legit starting linebackers. Edge rusher position does not have a clear future. Are we dumb? No, they're blinded. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. So Sirianni's got to be on the hot seat here, correct? Okay. Is the business model between Eagle owner Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, is this a must year for Howie? Do you think that relationship between Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman is also on the hot seat? Their business model. You know, I don't think that the owner would fire him. I think that the owner would redefine him and redefine his his job title. I think it has to be on the line. Howie. Derrick Henry's there for $4.3 million. Are you going to look at him? No, we're not going to spend money there. We're going to draft a guy. So you're going to be young all over the place. You're going to make a massive step backwards. You're not going to win 11. Right now, the way the roster looks, you'd be lucky to win seven games. With the current roster you have right now, you'd be lucky to win. Do we agree? With the roster they have right now, how many games do you think they would win? Tone, this ought to be funny here, watching this one. How many games do you think that team would win with the current roster that's intact right now? How many wins? Seven? Seven wins? Dave says five. Okay. Five, six, seven, eight to ten. Nine. Trey says you'd win 11 games with that team. You were one in seven. I've never seen an epic collapse like that and horrific football and guys who didn't want to tackle on defense. You guys are just looking at one. See, look at, look at guys like Victor. He's looking at one side of the ball. And unless that, unless AJ Brown can play corner for you, Who's playing? What are you guys talking about? Jesus, criminy. You guys are so eagle green jaded. You hate the truth. 
man, not all of you. I find it hard to believe to have a conversation. You guys must be very difficult to have a conversation when you're talking about your team in the offseason on what they need to do and the direction that they need to have. You understand the hiring of Kellen Moore? You're going to see more of what you saw this year, but strategically they brought a better game planner in than what Brian Johnson was. Brian Johnson is just a better version, or um, Kellen Moore is just a better version of Brian Johnson in what they want to accomplish. He's just a better version of it. He's a more experienced version of it. Everything that they want to do, they're not going to run a ton of RPOs. They're not going to run the ball a lot. Kind of the same shit you did last year. So get used to it. This is not all of a sudden you're going to see balanced 35 throws and 35 rushes. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Is he a better play designer when it comes to routes? Yes. Does he understand the blitz better? Yes. Is he a better play caller? Yes. Is he going to run the same kind of scheme they ran? Yes. That's why he was hired. You're, you're getting further away from 22. That's going to be on the line here. That, that, that press conference between Geppetto and Pinocchio, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman was classic. Those guys are sitting up there telling you the same shit. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to get better coaches. We're going to have the same fundamentals on both sides of the ball. Nick Fangio is going to run the same Sean Desai defense. He's just a better coordinator. You guys have not looked at this right. All you did was hire better coaches. You're not changing anything. Do you see that? Or do you not want to believe that? Okay? Do you, do you understand that? You're not getting you're not changing anything. You're not changing anything. Don't forget, our friend Rohan Marley will join us at 5.30. Great sportsman, great, great part of the Marley family. There's a great movie coming out. We're going to kind of deviate a little bit, talk to our friend. Absolutely fantastic um, life he's lived. We'll do that at 5.30, 3.30, our segment with Tone. I got another topic coming up here in a second, and it's on Jalen Hurts here. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. 
go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Eric Bannemi fired in Washington. Um, he will never be a head football coach in the National Football League because of his past. And it doesn't help him that the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl for two years in a row. Everything they said about him was true. He had nothing to do with the offense. As a matter of fact, they got lesser talent now in the offense. And Eric Bannemi was a non-factor. Turned out to be Eric Bannemi was a clipboard holder in Kansas City. He took a job in Washington because he had to. Not because he wanted to. And unfortunately, I think he did a great job with the kid, Sam Howe. I did. But that's not going to be good enough to overcome your background. It's just not. Okay? So it's a shame, especially when you see some of these other guys getting opportunities that you have no idea where they come from. Like the Callahan kid in Tennessee. How's he get that job? Nepotism? I guess so. Again, when you're a black coach in National Football League, you're not going to get the latitude that a lot of the white coaches are going to get. You're just not. And that's probably my rub here with it. Should he be a head coach in the NFL? I've told you this before. I don't give a shit what color you are, man. I don't want a black coach as a head coach. I want the right coach. 
And unfortunately, that's coming from a white guy. So you have to have the Rooney rule because most guys are not smart enough, nor do they have the insight to look through people and go, that guy's the best coach possible and hire him. You put 32 owners in the room. I would say 90% of them don't want a black coach as the head coach in the league. I don't have a problem saying that. Okay, I do. Just remember something. When the NFL, and you're talking to NFL owners about how much they lie. So let me get this right. The National Football League talked about at Roger Goodell's um, symposium or whatever the hell that was when the King was speaking yesterday about how the league makes it very, very clear about gambling with the players. And yet the NFL is in the capital of gambling. And the owners make the money. They make money with endorsements. They make money with business partners like DraftKings. They do all that. And the players can't bet or do anything because they say, what is it? Insider. Well, when you're the owner of the team and your head football coach is paid by you and your team doctor is paying a guy $50 million, do you really think that doctor has the team's best interest in, or the player's best interest in mind? Or do you think he's going to rush him out there for the owner because the owner's got a business relationship with a gaming house. I think it's an ass-backward message. Gambling and the NFL are synonymous now. It's jet fuel. I think it's just ridiculous how they lie to you. But most of you will always side on ownership side and never help the player. Like Eric Bieniemy will never become an NFL head coach because he was a rough kid when he was younger. He's black. And now he's got the stigma of working for Andy Reid. How about this? Let's put it this way to you, and I'll move off this. If Eric Bieniemy was white, do you think he'd have a job as a head coach in the NFL if he was white? I mean... Maybe. How does Matt Nagy have a job and Eric Bieniemy doesn't? Who the fuck is Matt Nagy? Who who's Matt Eberflus? Who are those guys? By the way, I love that what you said. Dual threat. John Gruden turned down the offensive coordinator job in New Orleans. You know why? He's suing the National Football League for $350 million. And the judge in Colorado is going forward with the case. So guess what he's going to do? Him and Bruce Allen, John Gruden, and Jay Gruden are going to release emails from organizations all over the National Football League that had racial tone emails circulating around the 32 teams. Good luck, Roger. I can't wait for next year's Super Bowl meeting when you address this. And it's in court and it's public record. Holy shit. Two things now the NFL hates. See, the NFL doesn't worry about the turf or concussions of players. They just don't want to be sued for concussions. Remember this. The NFL is not worried about concussions. They're worried about being sued. For concussions. Okay? 
You think they care about the player's health? Or they don't want to be sued for concussion? And now they're going to be worried about Gruden. John Gruden is going to make a half a billion dollars in this case. Why should he coach? And he's going to expose the league. If I were the league, I'd settle. Hey, here's $300 million. All 32 owners kick in and pay him and have a non-disclosure. Then you'll know the league's guilty of setting him up and also talking like that behind the black players' backs. How does that make you feel? And you wonder why Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a job. <laughs> Loyalty to those guys? Never. Never. <laughs> Got to be crazy. Right? Is Brian Flores still suing? He's got a D.C. job. <clears throat> I thought they settled with him. Okay? I thought they settled. Non-disclosure, too. I thought they settled because of what Stephen Ross did to him. Okay? He'd be saying, I hate this. Stepping, he wants to trade away my favorite player. Who gives a shit about your favorite player? I want to trade anybody that will make your team better. This is not about a player. Like Mike Tomlin says, this is about a bigger cause than one player. I hate that attitude. My favorite player? Fuck that. Who cares? Who cares? It's about the Eagles winning a Super Bowl. And if your favorite player gets traded, who cares? It's about, that's right, Brian. It's about the team. It's about 53 dudes in a locker room. That's right, Roland. Players come and go. Fans are the, you got to get this. Fans are the ones that are left behind. Fans are the one that are more loyal to, do you know that you're more loyal to the Eagles than the players are? and the coaches, and to some extent, ownership. They were so loyal to you. Why do they raise your ticket prices? You think that's loyalty? Someone's going to start paying for Jalen Hurts' contract, and it ain't the owner. It's you. I told this to Tony the other day. Shit, man, you got a $350 ticket, average ticket price for an NFL game. You got a family of four? That's $1,400 in tickets alone. Parking, extra 100 bucks, 1500 now. Cokes for Jimmy and Suey or Jimmy and Sue. Got another 50 bucks in food and drinks. Beers, hey, water down beer. Get a program and a little banner, maybe a hat, shirt for little Jimmy and little Sue. It's two grand. You'd put that over nine games? Shit, you're talking a $20,000 investment almost with taxes. 20000 in disposable income for you to go to a game and the owners raise your prices on you. 
Okay, <laughs> I guess. Congratulations to you. He <laughs> get it handed to you real well. Oh. Let's bring my guy Tone in here. Big sales, how are you doing, sir? What'd you make of that number I threw at you since 2012 to 2022? I didn't use last year's guys. Right. That 29 quarterbacks have been drafted and only three have taken teams to Super Bowls and one has won it in Mahomes. That's a hell of a number. And if it was so easy for you to find that metric, it makes me wonder why is it so hard for organizations, to, you know, to build teams? You know, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's a, you know, there's a culture to things, right? There's a, you know, people like to stick with the status quo and don't like to buck the trend, right? If you're a bad team, you're supposed to draft the top prospect in that draft at quarterback. And my thing is, how are we sure if his game translates? And, um, you know, I was talking about this earlier. I don't care where I draft the guy. I don't, if I draft the quarterback in the first round, the second round, and the third round, right? That's not going to happen, but let's say I did that. I don't care where I drafted you. Who's executing at the highest level? That person's going on the field. But we live in this era now where, oh, because I drafted him here, I have to treat him with kid gloves. It's a class system. Classism is in every shape and every form in life. We just don't notice it because we're blinded by the lights and the, and, and, and the fanfare and the jerseys and all that kind of stuff. But the, 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 the NFL is a hierarchy. And when you're drafted in the first round, you're gifted certain luxuries that a second rounder or a third rounder is not given, especially if you're a quarterback. So Or seventh. Right, especially a seventh. So to your point, right, that, that's why it's so hard for people to look at Brock Purdy and say, ah, he's, he, he's a player. They don't, want it. They, don't want, they don't want that to happen. That's why it was so hard. Even still to this day, Jalen Hurts got paid. And you still got people saying – Nah, I they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait for that down slope to happen. Yes. They, they, they really couldn't wait. So um, to your point about your original statement about that stat, right? It makes you think, damn, have we been building teams all wrong? Why do I feel the need to draft the guy in the first round? Because they tell me to? Because the world says he's supposed to be drafted there? Can I ask you something about it's, the draft? It's interesting. It, it makes you think. Can I ask you something about the draft? Do you think the NFL, by design, makes these first-rounders more of a star so that in their offseason, it makes the draft more – 50 million people watch the draft, dude. Mm -hmm. It's the only non-contact event the NFL puts on every year that creates that kind of viewership. And also, now they're doing this, going to Cleveland. Do you know cities and teams pay now? In excess of five hundred thousand dollars to host the draft yeah. parties at first, the draft at, their at, places. At, at first, it was at the same place every year. What was that? That's Radio right. City? Was it was Radio in City? New York City. Yeah, and um, and now they, they've moved it around, and they're taking bids on cities. Right now, they turned it into a whole like a Super Bowl um, kind of deal with cities exactly. bidding. Exactly. You know, the NFL just finds more creative ways to to you know, build learn. up their off season. Exactly, and um, you know, because these, these first rounders, look at this. Tone, 95% of these first-rounders, maybe even more a higher number, they don't really have impact on your football team. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to argue more quarterbacks drafted in the second round and beyond have won more Super Bowls than quarterbacks won in the first round. Yes, I would agree. And I and I, and I don't even know that for a fact. I would have to look that up. But I'm, I, I'm willing to bet that's the case. 
So it makes you wonder, um, do we view the quarterback position in, in, as it relates to the draft all wrong, right? And honestly, when you draft a guy in the second, third, or fourth round, quite frankly, in my opinion, he's hungrier. And that's a guy I'm willing to bet on is somebody who's been told all his life that he's the shit. See, see your, your mentality is what I think won in New England. I think Bill has your mentality. I do, Tone, which is this. I don't give a fuck if you're taking it in the first round, second round, third round. If I find out that you're a player because I run it, it's my ship, it's my call. Remember something, if you're Nick Sirianni, it's funny you say that. Well, Nick Sirianni's not going to play Milton Williams and start Milton Williams. You know why? Because he's not a first-rounder. Exactly. He spent two first-rounders on Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, enters a first-rounder in Fletcher. Milton Williams is not going to be a starter because you know why? Even though he should have been the last he, play, six games. Milton Williams, I'll play him in the second half of the season. And, right, and get but, this. But how do you how do you sell that? He'll your... never he'll never do that because why? Nick's got to go. Well, that's bucking the system versus Howie's pick, uh -huh. and it contradicts the personnel people and also what else? Because, the cash register. Exactly. Exactly. Because he's, he's making more than him. Mm -hmm. Tone. It's a front when you're in the league. It's a frustrating thing as a player yes. to see. I can, I can only imagine how those guys get. You're like this. And by the way, here's something else. Mm -hmm. If you're a higher pick and they take two or three guys behind you and they think they can get away with it, they'll can me keep those two guys because they're making half the money. Exactly. So exactly. you're kind of caught in a you're kind of caught in the middle of that. They're constantly be, trying to fire you. It must be so frustrating for a guy who truly understands and loves football to exist in the NFL. Oh, it's the worst. Because you I can only imagine how many think about how many coaches in this league have so many players on their rosters that they know is outplaying the is outplaying their first round pick. And, but they can't put them on I, the field. You want to know I why? went home crying. I'm not. I'm not lying. It's a mentally. Look, how about this? You're watching yourself on film, and because get this, here's my first day, because he had a guy from Alabama named Kurt Jarvis, uh, Mike Dubose. Mike Dubose was a former Alabama head coach. He played for Bear Bryant. I played for Ray. Ray drafted me. I was so happy on draft day. My first day in the building, Mike Dubose goes, "We got two Alabama guys. I don't know why we drafted you, but you're here." And I looked at him and I went, it was Damn. my first fucking day. I didn't even have a helmet yet. And he was already planning on my demise. I'd watch myself on film and go, I'm better than this dude. I'm better than this dude. And at the end of the year, I started, that's when I started getting sick. But I was like this. I'm like, I, I, I'm, he's not crediting me on tackles. And all of a sudden you're like, I can just sense because they drafted them. Back then we had 12 rounds. Mm -hmm. And then like the eighth round or ninth round, they had them cheaper. You go home, man, you're mentally beat up because these coaches and these personnel people, they would rather lose a game and play and go to the owner, especially a guy like Hugh Culverhouse. If they're saving him money, like here's why Doug Williams had to leave Tampa. Get this. Doug Williams put the Bucks in the playoffs for the five years. He was a starting quarterback. But because Leroy Selman, Leroy, I love you, but you're wrong here. 
I love you to death. You know I do. But Culverhouse, the racist piece of shit that he was, would absolutely come in there and look at Doug and go, how can I pay you more than him? And Doug goes, I'm the quarterback. Right. And he goes like this. They offered him a contract that was less than the money he was making on his new deal. That's why he went to the USFL and then he had to go to Washington. That's, uh, you know, Sills. Think about, think about, um, you um, get this, Doug Williams' wife had just died. I want the best football players on the field, Sills. It doesn't like, work like that. And, it, and I know, but it should. And it's unfortunate because, again, I'm talking from the enthusiast perspective, the fan perspective, right? We invest in these teams just as much as anybody else, right? With our hard-earned cash, our blue-collar money. Completely. And for us to be robbed of the best players being put on the field because of class or a hierarchy or where you drafted them or you want to save your GM's face because he drafted a guy that's clearly if, – if, if you That's draft, the game. You draft a player in the first round who's not playing as well as a guy at the same position that you drafted in the fourth round. But because your GM drafted the guy in the first round, you can't make your GM look bad. So, therefore, you got to keep that guy out there to validate your GM's decision. Come on, man. Now we're now we talking about feelings. And I ain't got, this is football, baby. I'm not, I don't have time for feelings. I'm trying to How do you think Boston games. Scott, I like I'm awake or you? How do you think Boston Scott feels being on the Eagle roster right now? Boston Scott, no, he better than Kenny Gainwell. If you ask him, if you if you, you, if you put, a, I think he is better. If if you ask, if you put Boston Scott on a lot of detector tests, he know he better than Kenny Gainwell. He knows it. But guess what? You know, Kenny Gainwell was drafted in the what third, fourth round. Boston Scott, I think he was an undrafted guy. Um, he was picked up off the Saints practice squad. The Eagles kept him around since then. You know, he doesn't have the traditional uh, path to the NFL. You know what I mean? But I'm pretty sure if you put if if you hook Boston Scott up to a lot of detector tests. He know he he know he better than Kenny Gainwell, and guess what? I'm willing to argue that he is. I would answer this question here to a couple of people in here saying that Cilio is one of the people that can't wait for Jalen to have his down season. I'm in I'm impervious to that. I don't give a shit either way. All I care about is what a player does in his performance. If he plays well, he gets kudos. If he doesn't play well, he gets shit on. Look, That's I'll say this real take, quick, I, I, and I'll, I'll always be there with that. And I've always been consistent on that. Listen to this, I'll you know I'll say this right, you know originally, and I'll be I'll be as transparent as I'm allowed to be. Originally, I used to always say to myself, "Why is Sill so hard on Hurts? I don't get it. Why is he going at Hurts like that? What is it? It, it doesn't make sense. What is what is this agenda?" I, I'll be honest. I used I used to think that as a spectator before, and then we started communicating more. We started working together more. I started hearing you flush out your points. And then it made me think, oh, okay, that's not the case at all. He actually doesn't have a dog in the race. He's just calling it how he believes he sees it. And he's being honest. And I can always respect somebody being honest with me rather than trying to tell me what I want to hear. That's how you get through life. So in my humble opinion, you know, when it comes to getting the best players on the field or paying guys a certain amount of money, your perspective in my humble, because I, I, I lean on your expertise in this regard. You played the game. You played in many leagues. You understand how this business works. When you say certain things about roster building and the mentality of the players in the locker room and how it goes, I really listen to that because how can I listen to anybody else? You're the closest thing I got to that kind of experience. The, the, the locker room dynamic is more than what people think 
when it comes to how organizations build a roster. Because, Tone, I mean, when you're drafted, they're going to immediately look to replace you. And they're going to look to replace you with another higher pick or Mm -hmm. lesser money pick. That's just what personnel people do. Because they're cut, that's their job is to their job is to always look to replace. Can we can, can we replace? Can we improve? Can we? They're always looking because no now with free agency, change. you have more accountability to your owner financially, yes. and the owner needs to know. That's why when you say this, hey Sills, I'm playing this guy. No, you're not. If he's a fourth rounder and that guy was drafted in the second, you draft him, you play him. Hey, what if he's not as good? Fuck that. He's paid. You I uh, get this. The owner would rather hey, how long did it take you to know that Jalen Rager sucked? How many how many years did it take for you to know he sucked? It took it took me that one season. Okay. Well, why was he on the team for three? Man, you got me. They jetted him in the first round. Of course. That's all it That's is. That's not a reason to keep him. They jetted him in the first round. As simple as that. And you know why? The head coach had no say in dumping him. Guess Belichick would have, you know, that guy Nikhil Harry that they took out of Arizona State up there right. in the first in, in round, New England, yeah. the receiver, right? I I thought he sucked at Arizona State. He couldn't get off the ball. He didn't have a great release, and I said that's a mistake. Bills had better success in free agency, finding guys like Amendola, Edelman, and making a trade for Welker, Deion Branch, even using Troy Brown, dual players. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a better success rate doing that. Listen, but listen for me, this. I go like this. He drafts this guy in the first round. I'm like, Bill, that's a mistake. And get this, Bill went like this. Guy was off the team the next year. Sure Traded. was. Sure was. And you know, when it comes to Jalen Rager, I will get Howard credit for this. He got him out of there. He got him out of there, you know, within two years. So I will give him I, 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 I will give that's him credit not for that. Bad. It's not that bad. He got him out of there. And he got him out, he got him out of there the offseason before the Eagles went on that run. Um, but listen to this, right? You had a guy, in my opinion, now people could feel how they want to feel about this, but in my opinion, they had a wide receiver on the roster and by the name of Greg Ward, who not talent, not the most talented. Was that last the, year or the year before? Um, Greg Ward was on the roster, I think, the year before or last 21? year. 21? I think he was on it. I think he was on the 22 roster, but he was on a practice squad. Okay. But um Greg, they had, they had a guy on the roster by the name of Greg Ward Jr. Not the most athletic, not the most talented. You know, wasn't highly scouted. I think he was a former quarterback in college, right? But he became a wide yeah. receiver. Yep. And he had he had so much respect from his peers, like a Devontae Smith. Even Jalen. Right? He had respect. He had to respect the AJ Brown. He had to respect the all those guys, Jalen Hurts, right? He had to respect the Carson Wentz when Carson Wentz was still playing well. You know what I'm saying? Greg Ward at a point was the Eagles' most reliable receiver. And I'm willing to argue that Greg Ward, in my opinion, would have ended up being a better wide receiver than Jalen Rager. I think he is to this day. Greg Ward is a player, again, not the most athletic, not the biggest body, but one thing I will say about him, you threw him the ball, he caught it. One thing I will say about him, he knew how to get open. He knew how to use his body to get open. He knew how to find the soft spaces in the zone. He was a former quarterback, so he used that to his advantage. Again, because he wasn't the guy or he didn't have a name or all that kind of stuff, it's easy to cut a guy like that. And I, it, I, I and think the Eagles looked at him. not be held accountable for a guy like that. I think the Eagles looked at him because, uh, uh, like that, because Heinz Ward was a quarterback in college. And, you know, you're, when you're converting people like that, get this when you're, I like that actually, that transition. 
going from a quarterback to wide out because, again, you you know pass routes, you know lanes, you know what a quarterback's trying to do. You know if a quarterback's in trouble, you come back to him. Um, you find space. I, I actually think that that would help a lot of co- wide receivers. Like if you played them at quarterback, like on scout team a couple times, so that they can get a sense of what a quarterback's looking at when you're, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. look, you're here and you're looking at the quarterback. I'd like to have the wide receivers sometimes get a perspective of what the quarterback's looking at when he sees you. Exactly. Exactly. So to me, that's development. You know what I mean? Completely. And my thing is, again, Greg Ward, he was like his young players, like, again, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, they leaned on him for insight. They wanted to know what he was seeing. Greg Ward was the consummate professional. Look, he made some good money on the practice squad. I'm pretty sure he made some good money, you know, to, you know, to make a, a good living. And I really hope everything's going well for him. But I look at Greg Ward. He was the best. He was better than Rager. He was better than Quez Watkins. But because he didn't have the Quez Watkins speed or he didn't have uh, the Jalen Rager first round pedigree, he couldn't make it to the football field. Because how Tone. can you justify playing Greg Ward? How can you justify it? He can't. Speed so, is all the He caught he everything you threw to him. Everything you, throw, everything you threw to him, he caught it. Everything. He never dropped the I, I can't remember Greg Ward dropping the ball. Think about that, what I just said to you. Speed is overrated when you don't have good hands. Exactly. We, I hate, it's you overrated. Know, I used to talk about why is Quez Watkins on the field, and I, I just kept hearing people say, oh, he, the speed, he takes the top. How can you take the top off a of defense if you're not catching the ball? How? How? It, make, it, it makes no sense. So, again, man, back to the original point, I know this is not the lay of the land, but I want the best players and the most reliable players on the field. I don't want somebody on the field just because they got a name or they were drafted somewhere. I'm, the I'm league not has that. gotten away from that. Because you know gotten, why? They have gotten away from that. The head football coaches. You know, it's being control. reported now that Belichick yep. turned down the Atlanta job. It's being reported that he turned it down. Turned it down. The original report was that they cut ties with him. Ah, see how they see, see how they spin. Boomer Sison is reporting. That he turned it down. And he turned it down because they wanted to maintain control of the personnel. And get this, Tone, think about it. You see the stupid-ass media people like Colin Coward and them going, hey, well, Bill wants to be in charge of the draft. No, Bill wants to be in charge of the money Mm. of what you're talking about. Okay? It's one thing to miss on a receiver, but it's another thing, Tone, to play a player because he was drafted in the second round over a fifth rounder. And get this. Do you know how many places Tom Brady would never have played? 95% of them. Tom Brady would never have played anywhere in the NFL. You would never have known. That's a good point. Tom Brady, because you know why? They had just signed Bledsoe. To a hundred and twenty million dollar contract. If any other organization, dollars. If any other organization was in that exact same circumstance, Tom Brady, Brady would, would never have played. Brady, we would have never been blessed he with would Brady's have been performances. Kurt Warner, he would have had to have gone to ten different places before he got his chance. And Lord, and Lord knows if he even would have you know been able to live up to the billing because of the stability that the Patriots provided. You know what I'm saying? So it's just. Think about what I'm saying. The this Patriots won seven about, Super Bowls in 20 years. Hey, seven Super Bowls. This but is they're not, doing it wrong. This is not about just going who's the best edge, who's the best corner. This is about having the autonomy 
over the players that you pick in your department, in your analytics department, where Belichick goes, I don't care what you say. I'm playing that guy because he's, like you said, he's better. Well, that's not, it doesn't go like that in Philly. That doesn't go like that in many places. Those old coaches had to say, well, this kid here is going to play over this guy here. The analytics department, Perfect the scouting department, these general managers, they do not want to release that because the owner's purse is involved with many of those decisions and jobs are involved in it. That's why you don't have a repeat Super Bowl champion every year. It's because you have too many people that have a say in the structure of how you're building a roster. Perfect example, Nicobe Dean. He was drafted in the third round. This guy does not belong on that you, roster. You had T.J. Edwards in the building, a guy who was a legitimate starting linebacker. Undrafted, but you developed him. But you let him walk because you had faith in your third-round pick who didn't show you anything to say, you know, you know, to validate the move. So, again, that goes back to our point. A hierarchy. Guys with draft pedigree getting more of a leash than guys who actually have earned it on the field. In live action play, I will. That's the I culture know, of the league. I, I I know a lot of people probably get burnt out by me saying the whole TJ Edwards thing, and I, I it's a revolving door with me, and it's something I just can't wrap my mind around, and I and I probably won't ever move on from it until they find another linebacker that can really re, you know re, replace him in my opinion, because they have yet to find a linebacker that played to that level, in my opinion. Zach Cunningham did not play to that level. Anthony uh, um, Nicholas Morrow did not play to that level. And Nicole Dean did not play to that level. You know, well, let me let me say this one thing to you about Nicholas Morrow. Nicholas Morrow, there was a point in the season when he was the higher, he was becoming one of the higher rated there was. linebackers. There and was. you know what they did? They stunted two growths. Correct. At one time, when they put Dean back in, took him out, and get this. Why would you start Nicobe Dean over Ed, uh, over over over, Morrow. over Nicholas Morrow? Well, he's a third rounder. This guy was somebody we cut and we don't respect, and so that's the mentality tone right there. Is what the NFL is built on right there. They put a kid in a position where he didn't deserve it, didn't earn it, but they drafted him. That's the way they looked at it, and it's a hierarchy system in Philly. And this is why you have inconsistency and roster building. I'm so glad you said that. Nicholas Morrow and Zach, I completely forgot about that. Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham, they were starting to figure it out. And they were getting better and better and better and better every week. I think I, yeah, think any, I, I thought they were yeah, too. I think any Eagles fan can admit that, right? Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham were starting to figure it out. Now, were they the best safety of the best linebackers? No. But they, were, but, but they were stabilizing the position little by little, play by play, snap by snap. But then Nicobe Dean gets healthy again, and now you throw him out there, and now we're rotating linebackers? What are we doing? Let me ask you this. If Tom Brady was on the Eagles and Howie Rosen was general manager, would Tom Brady have been a starter in Philly? Can you say that one more time? I lost you. If Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round by the Eagles, mm -hmm. like this McKee kid, Right. Do you think that they would have given him the keys to the team or putting him in there, or would they have gotten someone else and drafted someone else higher? I'm glad. I'm, that's a beautiful example. Let's make it even more interesting, right? Remember, they drafted – McNabb was in the league before Brady, right? So yeah. you, draft, you draft McNabb, and then a couple years later or a year later, you draft Brady, but you, you end up paying McNabb. 
to be Eagles, bench McNabb and play Brady because he's clearly outplayed. Yeah, if, if McNabb got hurt, right? Do you Let's think use, they would have they would have traded they would have traded um, McNabb? No, no. Brady wouldn't have saw the field. No, they'd have treated him like a backup, and as soon as he was ready, they'd put him back in. Yep. Think about that for a minute. Yep. Just think about that. Tom Brady. Get he's 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 Tom Brady because his hard work, but he's Tom Brady because you know why? Belichick didn't have that narcissist mentality that if you're a first round draft choice, like how he looks at people, mm-hmm. okay, and how he looks at hierarchy. Bill looks at the best player. That's why Brady I look, doesn't look at the best player. That's why I look at the 49ers and I say I respect it. Because John Lynch was, because you know why? John Lynch is a Hall of Fame player who knows the hierarchy system. What round was knows John, how that works. What round was he drafted in? I think he was a second or third. Um, I don't believe he was a first rounder by the Bucks. I can't remember what round uh John Lynch went out of Stanford. He was drafted in the third round, 82nd okay. overall in 1993 as a, as a DB. Oh, he wow. knows oh, the hierarchy. Man. He knows He's the hierarchy. There. He was actually Listen. drafted higher as a baseball player. If you look at his resume, he was actually drafted higher as the Marlins baseball player than he was a football player. I think if I'm not mistaken, he may have been a first-round pick by the Marlins. That's crazy. But listen, listen to this. A third-round pick. 80, 82nd overall, Hall of Famer, nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, 2019 Pro Football Writers of America Executive of the Year, 2006 Allen Page Award. And that guy was drafted in the third round. Imagine if he ended up in a situation where a guy was ahead of him and they didn't give him the shot. The there NFL was, was all about getting the shot. Okay. There was. Dungy, when Dun- Okay. Sam Weiss was the head coach. And Sam Weiss brought him in, drafted him. When Dungey got there, Dungey walked in the locker room and said, I don't care where you're drafted. I don't care what round you're drafted. I have no caring of that. Best player plays. Guy who works the hardest plays. And most importantly, the guys, the guy that is durable will play. That's why in that whole team, when Dungey builds a team, he looks at certain players. He understands because he's a former player too. Dungey played with those Steeler teams. Mm. He was there with Noel when they were re- when they were there building that four Super Bowls in six years. You see, I think there's something to that when you don't have football people in your personnel department, like that schoolhouse library you have in Philly. There's nobody in the building who's a fucking player. Isn't it they ironic? They don't have that the, the mentality that the players have. Look at the teams that are in the freaking Super Bowl. You got people that are all over that Kansas City organization that are football people that 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 Andy's put in place. San Fran, that have been same around thing. it. San Fran, same thing. Look same at thing. that. Kyle Shanahan grew up in the NFL with his dad. Mm-hmm. Lynch, a Hall of Fame player. I mean. There's no getting around why you – see, again, when people go, well, Bill, he didn't get a job. You know, Bill doesn't want you, Tone, or Howie going like this. Now, we got to play this guy because I drafted this guy. 
Fuck that. I'm playing a guy who's going to give me the best chance to win. No, you're not. I'm going to go. I think this is what went on with Doug. But here's the thing, right? Here's what GMs don't realize. Every player on that roster, regardless if you drafted him or he was undrafted, undrafted, keep in mind, GMs, you still found that player. So you have to if, – if, if a first-round pick that you drafted gets outplayed by a fifth-rounder or a guy that was undrafted, stop being so hung up on the fact that, damn, I missed on the first-round pick. That's his That's, job, though. I hear you. But your job is also to find players – to find diamonds in the rough. You know, not, you know, they're, they're, in my opinion, a GM's job goes well beyond just the first round. In my opinion, you make your real money second round and beyond. First but round. The GMs are the big spenders of other people's money. That that part two, that part two. Doesn't that suck? Doesn't that suck? Because it's, get this, it's you really can't do your job. It's deflating. I'll say that it's deflating because, in my opinion, I look I, I look at GMs and I say, you have a responsibility to, you have a responsibility, to, no, no. you have a responsibility to do right by the seventh round draft, no, no, no. Uh, the seventh round draft, and also you have a responsibility no. to five players in the undrafted pool. Nope, not one thing right there. You have a responsibility to the owner. It's, it's sad. It's, it's, I, I'm clear. It's funny. Doesn't it suck? It's clear. I hate to do this to you. Yeah, I know. It's really, I know. I know. I could tell because the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, I, I look at it like this. When you're a GM, right? And yes, your job is okay. I'm glad you said that. The job of the GM is to look out for the is, is the job of the GM is to look out for the uh, uh, the money of the owner, right? So, owner. Am I not looking out for your money if I'm able to find super talented players in the fifth, sixth, seventh round and also who are undrafted? I got them for the cheap. And our roster is tremendous. Well, then why'd you waste that first round draft choice on the guy that sucked? We Everyone need that misses. pick. Hey, listen, you win some, you lose some. Everyone misses at some point. Oh, okay. Everybody misses, right? Don't make it happen three more times because guess what? There won't be a fourth. <sighs> That's... See, okay, so okay, real quick. And again, I'm just trying to understand. See, this, John right? Lynch. I'm just trying to understand. John Lynch saved his job. You know how? Brock he did. Purdy. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that's so that's that's more to my question. And help me understand this. You mean to tell me if I miss on the first round pick, but my second round pick and beyond, I, I find a starters and pro bowlers, I could lose my job. When you put up three ones in your team's future, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's a different. That's a different situation. Okay. But if but if I but if we got the twenty second overall pick, okay, the Eagles have the twenty second overall. No, you're pick right. Here, right. If you fuck up the first round, and you you're slamming dunking in third, fourth, second, and fifth, and sixth, and undrafted, I'm good pool. with it. And that's my point because I think the first round's more of a gamble anyway. Yes, and that's my point. How can I get mad at somebody when the odds are already against them? So, well, when I'm remember something, first round big money, second round big money. Third round, even big money today. So you got to remember, Tone, you're coming from the player's ability, not the money. The owner looks at the money first because he doesn't know that guy from one widget to the next. Right. They're not football people. All they, all they know right. is money. They're not football people. They pretend to be. That's why they go like this. And, you know, like, and this is what always frustrating when I hear. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We played at Georgia. Who fucking cares? It's the NFL. It's at the SEC. The kid's in the SEC? Okay. If he's in the NFC East, that matters nothing. Right. The only thing the SEC buys me is it tells me that you played up against some high caliber right. competition. And, and, and your odds of making it are better. Yes, your odds are better. But you're well, meat to me. See, to me, you're meat. You're you're not good. I don't know if you're good. I have no – I am not – I never say this on a Monday after a weekend draft. Hey, Seals, what do you think of the draft? I always address it this way, that they address needs. Yes. I never go like this. Hey, we got a really good – now, the Carter kid was different because you could have made an argument. He could have been the first pick in the draft. Yeah. Like, if you were going to redraft it, you'd go C.J. Stroud. You would probably go Jalen Carter. Then Devin Witherspoon. Devin maybe. Witherspoon. Shit, that kid Gonzalez um, in New England was good before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, the, the, who's, who's the kid that that's um, – is it a Seattle kid that was drafted in the later rounds and he's up for rookie of the year? Who Who, who, who is that? Um. I know the kid from the Rams that that Kobe the Rams the Rams that's who it is the Rams Kobe Turner was taken yeah. in the fourth round or third round from Wake Forest right and he's up a rookie he's got seven sacks you feel what I'm saying so he's uh, in the top ten right right so it's so it's just it's just one of those things like if if Fred Warner was redrafted he's a top five pick top five pick easily look if Jason Kelsey's drafted and redrafted he's top a ten top pick ten pick. Easily. Easily, man. All right. I got to ask you some some of these questions here now. Yes. Let's have some fun. Do you think the business model between Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman is also, if Nick Sirianni's on the hot seat, do you think that's an evaluation period right now as well? Because, Or do you not? Because, look, Tone, the coordinators and the coaches they hired, mm-hmm. and I said this last hour, I don't think they've upgraded. I think what they've done. Oh, no. I think they've upgraded, but they're not changing. I think you've got a better Brian Johnson, and I think you've got a more experienced Sean Desai because they're running the same shit. All they did was bring in people that were more experienced at doing Correct. what they want. That, uh, and better position coaches. Right. And I, and, and I, I can respect the quality of those hires, but I don't, yes. know if they're good, I, don't, I don't know if they're good hires yet. But I know they're quality hires, so I can respect it to that extent. Um, but to your point about Harry Roseman, I think he should be evaluated just as much as Nick Sirianni's been evaluated, in my opinion. You See, know, that relationship eventually has to be that's, and, and, and that's my point. At some point, Jeffrey Lurie, at what point do you put the team in front of your relationship? Because, in my opinion, I've always felt like the relationship has superseded the team. 
It, it is. And this is where I'm going to tell you why I asked you the question. There's no GM in football I don't who survived three coaches. Name name another GM outside of High Roseman that survived three coaches. Give me one. I can't. It doesn't and he happen. can't use Jerry Jones as one. He owns a fucker. Right, he owns, he owns it. <laughs> so he can't use him. Oh, hey. I do not believe that dynamic will ever change. Because it hasn't. I'm that trying shit to went on a little less with Joe Banner because of Reed. I'm trying to figure out what Harry Roseman has ever done to make – The Super Bowl. No, beyond that, though. I'm trying to figure out what has he ever done to really make him just have this undying faith in this man. But truly. Because when you really think of that Super Bowl, I will give Harry Roseman credit. He made some pivotal moves throughout the season. He brought – he traded for Jay Ajayi. Um, he found LeGarrette Blount um, at a reasonable contract. He made a lot of moves personnel-wise that solidified the roster. But yeah, once, but made, once Carson, know, but once Carson once got hurt, he alienated a Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah, you know, oh yeah, for sure. And then on top of that, um, once Carson once got hurt, at that point, I, I give all grace and credit to um, Doug Peterson. When 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 Carson Wentz got hurt, Doug Pearson had maybe the hardest coaching job in football. He had to find a way to coach up a backup quarterback who was a who was a month away from retiring. He had to be convinced. Doug Peterson went to go see him and said, "Hey, just just come back for one season, and then make your mind up from there." And he comes back and wins the Super Bowl, and that completely changes the the, the, the trajectory of his career. But Again, Harry Roseman should be evaluated just as much as everybody else. He has missed on Andre Dillard. He missed on Jalen Rager. He missed on um Dillard. Um, yeah, I said I said him. He missed okay. on JJ Thicker Whiteside in the second round. Terrible. Like, like his misses aren't just like damn, like okay, like they, the player didn't measure up. He's drafting guys that we don't even like really know How about this. I think he once again he overdrafted Jordan Davis. As of right now, that, that that's looking like a reach. Because to your point, if we're looking at if, if we're looking at it from a we're looking at it from a game now, by bro. game, if we're looking at it from a game by game perspective, Jordan Davis has only really really given us eight seven or eight strong games. Yeah, in two seasons, right? That, that's thirty four games. That's thirty four games. Eight. That's the thirteenth pick. And if we're doing math here, you mean to tell me he's only good 23% of the time? Hey, Ben, that's not good enough for me. For a first-rounder, it's not. That's why I told you he was down in the 20s. He was somewhere down there. He wasn't 13th. That's not a top 15 player. That's not Fletcher Cox. Now, I will say this. To be fair to the player, he still has the, he's, he's still on the rookie deal. It's not killing you, but he you better hope he figures it out. You're going to the money of the mother... Look at you going to the money. It's right. You're you right. Better hope, you better hope he figures it out. You're right. Going because, to the money. Because we see the talent. The pick. We see the talent. Yes. But you better hope he figures it out for an extended you're season. saying the potential word to me. Again. I didn't say it. I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Okay. I didn't say it. But you're right on the money. He you're better, right on the money he thing. better right. hope he figures it out. Yes. Because yes. as of right now, you're today. Right on the dough. Listen, today, I'm not picking up the fifth-year option today. If you had to ask me, am I picking up the fifth-year option on Jalen Carter? Yes. 
Am I picking up the fifth year option on Jordan Davis? Not so sure. How about Devontae? Hell yeah. Hell yes. So the you're going to pick the fifth year option up instead of extending him. No, no. Like so typically what happens is they pick the fifth year option up and extend them. You know, what they do is the fifth year option, uh, the fifth year gives them that additional year at the rookie at the rookie pay scale, but they still extend beyond the fifth year option. Oh. So what I would do, I'm picking up the fifth year option because I plan to pay him. So at the end of next year, you're going to give him a three an extension with a three year deal on it, three year extension basically. So all right, uh, Devontae's entering year four, right? He's entering year four. Yeah, they have to decide to pick up the option this January eighth of next right. year. Right, they got right. They got to pick up the option come this year, right? January? Uh, no, not this year. January eighth of next year in twenty five, you could start doing that on the fifth year. They can start negotiating then. Yeah. That's what they did with Hurts. Okay, but they but 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 I think they can pick up the option beforehand, correct? I didn't think they could. I thought they had because that rookie deal is guaranteed. Right, right. Yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure. But I think I think it's January eighth because Burrow and um, Hurts were the first stop. Right, right, right. Negotiated, and that happens around January seventh or eighth of this year. Right, and the Bengals, you know, they picked up Burrow had the advantage because he wasn't a first rounder. Right, there wasn't a fifth year option. Exactly, and that's why Jalen Hurts' contract looked the way it, you know, panned out the way it did. But if I'm the Eagles, I'm picking up Devontae's fifth year option, and I'm extending him. I'm gonna tack on maybe three or four more years at the end of that. That way, I have an that that way I have an additional year at the rookie pay scale. And the more years you give them, the low the base, and you can kind of hopefully try to deal something there with AJ, or you're gonna have to move AJ. They're gonna have to figure that out. I don't know why people are acting like that's such an easy decision. Like it's, <laughs> it's very complicated. What's about to happen between AJ Brown and Devontae Smith financially? It's very complicated. Hey, that's what's gonna lead me to his this last question for you. Do you think Jalen Hurts is closer in talent to Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy? Why are you doing this to me, man? <clears throat> I don't. I'll put it this way: I don't think anyone is close to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I don't think anyone is. Not even Josh Allen. Not and I like him. You don't think I, Joe Burrow is? Nope, no. I don't think Joe Burrow is close to Patrick Mahomes. I should. I should call him Joe Namath Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> It's who he's starting to remind me of is Joe Namath. He, he better stay healthy, man. Dude, he I'm better, with you because guess because what? He, he's already an older young quarterback. Oh he yeah. Better... Oh no, no. I'm with, hey, I'm I'm here with you here. Look, hey man, you keep telling me how good you are, and I know how good you are. But at the end of the day, you're missing fucking tons of games here. I can't build a team around you. I can't. Yeah, that's a fact. So here's my take on this with Hurts. You're right. Mahomes is in the Brady. Who else didn't have a lot of people that he needed to win? See, personally, get this. I think I think Jalen Hurts closer to Peyton Manning, uh, Brock Purdy, my, uh, Troy Aikman. And look at the quarterbacks I'm naming. I don't think those are bad dudes. Right, they're Hall of Famers. <laughs> uh, Terry Bradshaw, who had... Two Hall of Fame receivers, Terry Bradshaw had Hall of Fame running back, Hall of Fame center. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw had they, that entire draft was all Hall of Famers. I've right. never seen that before in my life. But but look who look who was in the huddle for Bradshaw. Yeah, Lynn Swan. He had Swan and Stallworth, Hall of Famers. 
You had Franco Harris, Hall of Famer, and you had Webster, center, Hall of Famer, and the quarterback's a Hall of Famer. That's the nucleus of your team. Okay, well, he needed those people to win. Right. So what I'm saying to you is this. There's the only – the outliers are like Mahomes and Brady that need one guy. Montana that first year, he didn't have Montana, any guys. That's a great one. Montana because he only had Freddie Solomon and Burt Cooper and Wendell Tyler. But then Rice came. Right. Then John Taylor came. And then they had Roger Craig. Get this. Not one offensive lineman on that four Super Bowl run or that five Super Bowl run is in the Hall of Fame. That's crazy. It was Montana. Dude, not even not, Montana not even. was – he was stupid great. Not even our guy Randy Cross, man. No, no. And Randy's probably him and Harris Barton are probably close to being guys that you would consider, but not even they'll never like, get in. The Hall I mean, of Very maybe Good. Randy. The Hall of Very Good, right? Yeah, but, the Hall of Really Good. Yeah, yeah. So my my point is when I say this would hurts, and I I he's closer to Purdy, but people look at Purdy because of what you said. A couple minutes ago, it's because we were seventh rounder. I'm comparing him to a seventh rounder. When get this, I'm comparing him to Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman, um, anybody you want that had a lot of great players on their teams. What look at see look 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 at how people get crazy when I say Hertz is closer to Brock Purdy. Well, Brock Purdy's closer to Aikman too, with with Debo and with McCaffrey. Emmett Smith, look, look, I mean, look at Troy Aikman. Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, um, the offensive line, which was insane, and a Hall of Fame head coach. Yep, can't forget, can't forget, I got Irvin. Michael it's, it's, Irvin. It's like, yep. It's so, so, so the thing is, right here, that's why it's always funny, you know, like bo both Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy were underdogs. They were, they were two players that people did not want to bet on. They were waiting for them to fail. That's, I mean, I understand Eagles fans. We we do have a pseudo. We have we kind of have a pseudo rivalry with the Niners. So that's kind of you know that's kind of that's kind of baked in. So we kind of don't like Brock Purdy by default. Yeah, yeah, we're quick to criticize Brock Purdy because he's the Niners quarterback. But I feel like if Purdy was further away from our purview, I feel like Eagles fans would be more supportive of Brock Purdy. But he's too close to our. He's too close. He's he's in the way. You follow me? He's in the way. If so Brock I think Purdy and Jalen Hurts changed uniforms. It'd be the same result. Pretty much. I mean, look, they played the game differently, but the fact of the matter is right. they both were not how you guys. drive, it's how you arrive. Right. They, the, the fact of the matter is there are two guys that were not highly touted coming out. They were not highly touted. And they both of those guys that played above the rim. See how people, see I respect how people that. put tags on people, not only just your GM, mm -hmm. but how you look at a guy. Like when I say this, Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts are pretty much the same quarterback. Jalen Hurts is 10 times better. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they get the same result. If Purdy, I bet you this, if Purdy was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles fans would defend him to the ends of the earth. You know what I mean? Well, he now is. You're going, now you're taking an off ramp here. Okay. Now you're in. Listen, listen, <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's be honest. And taking if an Eagles, off ramp on me. If here. the Eagles drafted Brock Purdy, and I'm not saying he's better he's than He's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I don't think Brock Purdy is I don't think Brock Purdy is better than Jalen Hurts. I don't think that. But here's what I'm saying. My point is. But he'll have the Brock, same results. Right. Right. 
exactly. Brock Purdy is an underdog. Brock Purdy is has been doubted his entire time in the NFL. That's Philadelphia, is it not? Um, yes. That's, yes, but Nick I'll... Foles doubted that. That's that's literally the basis of how Philadelphia moves. But I, but again, he plays for the 49ers, and the 49ers are in the Eagles' way. So therefore, by default, we have to hate him. And Dude, I understand Brock that. Purdy. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna debate that. I totally understand the dynamic. But Brock I just want people Purdy. to acknowledge. Go ahead. Brock Purdy in the last two years has been to two NFC title games and now a Super Bowl. And he's the last player taken in the draft. And when anybody out there tells me, uh, game manager, well, if a game fucking manager is two Sign NFC me up. Sign me up. And one NFL championship, <laughs> one Sign NFC championship, and 60 minutes away from hoisting a Lombardi trophy. Sign me up. I don't know what you're talking about. That's why I tell you, dude, this quarterback thing, when I found that stat out, and that metric, that you drafted 30 quarterbacks in the first round nearly in the last decade, one guy's won it. Three have gone. Look, I don't know, man. Still, I'm not in listen, I'm not in this for the beauty pageants. I'm trying to win football games. So I don't Me care too. if it, if a guy's Jeff in the first round, okay, whatever. He has pretty hair, okay, Trevor Lawrence, okay, whatever. But I I want the I want the guy that's going to execute at the highest level, period. That's why I that's why I love Jalen Hurts because yeah, he had a down year, but you know, I knew Jalen Hurts wasn't a finished product from the you know from the beginning, but because what happened in 2022, we looked at him as just this like, oh, he's 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 arrived. And it's like, well, no, he still has to work some things out. The you know, defenses are gonna throw things at him that he hasn't seen before. You know what I mean? He has to go through all the growing pains that any other quarterback has to go through, but I'm still rolling with Jalen Hurts. That's my guy, you know what I mean? So and and, and, and I respect that, but see, a guy like Senor, when he says, dude, Jalen Hurts had a spectacular year last year. This year, I I'll go deeper than what Tone did. I when you had that many turnovers, I don't believe he played well. And so did Jalen Hurts' last two seasons, aren't they a complete opposite of what they were? How's that not this how so are you really supposed to sit here and praise the guy who had almost 20 turnovers? See, we gotta are you be really supposed to praise that when last year he had six interceptions. Right. See, we how gotta are be you supposed to praise that. Listen, we gotta be fair about this, right? Last year, when Dak Prescott had on had on them turnovers, everybody was saying he had a terrible season. You right. know, when you know when Josh Allen has a lot of turnovers, no matter what numbers he puts up, people say terrible season. So, what makes Jalen Hurts and four exempt straight from that? AFC East titles? Right, but what makes Jalen Hurts exempt from that? Because he's ours. Yeah, you know, it's we, if we're going to be fair and judge it, judge it correctly, Jalen Hurts did not have a good season. He didn't. It was average. It was okay. You know what I mean? Don't like you he, think Jalen Hurts he, and Lamar Jackson are more in line with one another the last two years? Oh, you mean as far as like how things went for them like, yeah. like during the season? Um, last year Hurts had an MVP season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the Lamar difference is it. Lamar. I think Lamar. I think the difference is Lamar got hurt, and that's the difference. But other hey, than that, though, hey Tone, no, it matters. It matters. It matters. Hey, man, you get hurt. That's not Jalen's fault. No, no, no. I know. I know. It matters. It matters. I'm you know. I'm just trying to you know acknowledge the whole prism, but um. But yeah, the the bottom line is you got to come in and produce every single year because every single year someone's going to call your legacy or, or or call your resume into question, right? Jalen Hurts, yes, he has a, he has a track record of protecting the ball, but he had a year where he didn't do that well, and we have to acknowledge that, and it's okay because I think he's going to bounce back from that. But again, I'm basing it off of his history, not one 
anomaly season that I think it is. I think Jalen Hurts figures it out. I, listen, right. he has another high turnover year. We got a problem. We, uh, Houston, we have a problem. Yes, and back-to-back years at that, we have a yeah. problem. Okay. Now, if he now now if ten years from now he has another hot, I'm like, okay, all right. You know, now, but, now, now, also, I'll tell you this. Here's what I'll accept. He throws for 32 touchdowns and has 11 picks, and throws for 4,400 yards. I can roll with that. The NFC title game. I don't fucking care. Right. I'm good with that. I'll put it to you this way. If Jalen Hurts would have delivered the same stats this year, yeah, but they half made it to the, half the turnovers, he's good. Listen, I even listen to keep the turnovers, right? Let's just say everything happened the way it happened this year, stat wise, but the Eagles make it to the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna say he had a bad year, <laughs> I'm not because he overcame it. You feel me? Okay, the, prob- the problem was that. the Eagles couldn't overcome the turnovers, that was the biggest problem. They couldn't overcome them, and, and that's why it was a bad year. And shit coaching. Yes, and terrible coaching. Yes, can I forget that? Um. Okay. So, I saw this big press release, man. You guys do. <laughs> oh my god, I know where you're going. Hey, you guys do things in Philly, grandiose, man. I mean, I looked over at the Eagle website, man. There's this like President Biden type, like fucking statement about the hiring of Kellen Moore, like. This was like something like a proclamation in Philly that this guy's going to get like one of Tone's 700 million keys to the city of Philly. That, you know what? he I'm with you, Tone. I thought there was only one key, but hey, I'm good. But here, <laughs> listen, you got – there was like a, like a beatitude or it was like, you know, you put them on like the church door. Dear Philadelphia Eagle fans, I'm here to tell you, Kellen Moore, this is like the saint – from Rome coming in. This is unbelievable. Holy shit, this guy's fucking great. I can't wait to work. I'm going like, not a guy on the planet in Philadelphia wants someone to come in and take their fucking job from him. You lost your job to the guy and you're praising him? Come on, Nick. Shut the hell up. No one believes you. They're trying so hard. Dude, aren't they? You're going (laughs) over and above. You should have said nothing. All you got to do is post to hire Kellen Moore, and that's it. We we didn't. Me personally, I didn't need a statement from Nick Sirianni. What do I need a statement for? Like, make it make sense. Like, okay, here I'll make sense. For they're trying. For you, they're, no, no, no. They're you trying make to. The coach look like an ass clown. But what they what they think they're doing is they're bullshitting you. Is validating. Yes. You know Nick Sirianni's support. You know, they're trying to make it seem they're trying to make it seem like Nick Sirianni is just completely on board with everything. Really? You think Nick Sirianni wants to (laughs) hey listen? I'm a firm believer that most men when they get off on work, they go home and pillow talk with the wife. And everything that they claim they agree with at work at home, I can't stand that motherfucker. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm with yeah, okay, honey, sure. Hey, who was who was the guy that was the guy that took care of the house in Django. Oh my God! You talking about Samuel Jackson? Yeah, who was that character? Is that Sirianni? I forget, I forget his name. I forget his name. I forget his name. <laughs> that's who. That's who Sirianni is. Oh my God! I Sirianni. forget his name. He gonna sleep in the big house. <laughs> he said he gonna sleep in the big house. Yeah, a snowball. Yo. No way! No! Dude, no, man. who are you calling that? 
Oh, that's who he is. His What's name he... was Steven. His name was Stephen Stephen. or Steven, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So what can I call him? What is his name? Yeah, he's Steven. No, no, Nikki. He's Nikki. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny, man. That's funny. Nick Sirianni's in the big house. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's going to sleep in the big house? Yes. I just feel like it's so, it's so, it's so corny. Like just, just lay low, man. Play it cool. Why, right. did, dude? You don't. Ha- what? That's what. That's what organizations do that have conviction. This fucker's my OC. He's my DC. Move next to the next thing. They're they're trying too Let's hard go. to. They're trying too hard to convince me that Nick Sirianni is okay with everything. You ain't got to convince me. I already know he's not. <laughs> but guess what? The, the the more you play it cool, the more I see you have the courage of your convictions. But when you start trying to, hey, you know, Nick Sirianni's on board with this. I'll just, okay, all right. Hey, Whatever. Nick, I'm going to put your ass in the hot box if you keep this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. It's just weird. It's just weird to me. Hey, dude, it is weird. Tony, they go over and above. They go over and above to justify themselves when it's they called don't PR. PR. Whoever's in the PR department, they need to uh, need to be reevaluated as well. You mean Bobby? Who? Bobby Lang. Oh, I had no idea that's who it was. Oh, hey, Bob. Hey, Dan, <laughs> how come you're being critical of my GM? Because. How come you're being critical of our team? Because. They said because. Hey, uh, why? And I go, you're 10 and one. I guarantee you, you lose four more games. We'll see about that. Okay, so I didn't text him back. I left it where it was because you went one and seven. Because <laughs> I don't, we see, unlike Nick, I didn't have to validate me being right on that. It he was already, he did it. The proof was in the pudding. Right, so why drive that point home? That's my point on Nick. You already, we already know what the situation is. Why, why continue to embarrass this man? They don't think they don't realize that's what they're doing. So, early prediction: you think Kellen Moore helps Jalen? Um, early prediction: I say yeah. I think he helps him. I have, to, I have to sneak this last one in here. Yeah. So. Everyone over here watching and listening, this dude turned me on to a great metric website. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Spot track. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, he did. And I'm not sure I believe this one, but I'm going to go with it. Derrick Henry for $4.3 million. When you you said that number, it made me double back. Tell me you went and looked it up because I looked it up. It was in – when I saw it, I was like, Really? That low? And then they got Dude, Saquon. Swift has got a higher market value. And I only think it's because of his age. That's the only reason I can make sense of that. He's a 1,200-yard back at 4-3 a carry. I I didn't. 4-3? 4-3. Sign insane. him. Draft someone if you want to go there. That's insane. You Derrick know Henry. So you don't give him the ball 280 times. You're not going to do that anyway. I want say a power back. Say he gains you this, mm-hmm. 1,000 yards on 198 carries. 
I could, I'll take that. But he has four and a half yards of carry, and he's got 10 touchdowns. Ten, 10 touchdowns, right, exactly. It's worth it. It's and he's a it. beast in the red zone. Because this, this is what you can do. You signed, you signed it because, listen, I think, think about this number. The Eagles let Miles Sanders walk, and the Panthers paid him $6.5 million per season, right? And um, the Eagles had a running back room that was filled with, I believe, three or four guys that amounted to that exact number, $6.5 million. So if $6.5 million is your cutoff, okay, $4.3 million, that leaves you with $2.2 million to play with that running back. I'm drafting a guy with that. And now I got Derrick Henry and I got a young running back behind him. There we go. There's your 6.5 million, Howie. Now you got a running back position. How about your tush push with Henry, Hertz, and Kelsey? (laughs) Hey, dude, that'd be criminal. Listen, first of all, with Derrick Henry, I wouldn't even need that anymore. Like Jalen Hurts, like if I if I got Derrick Henry, Jalen Hurts, you're not you're not brotherly shoving nothing. Yeah. Well, I'll take him at four three. I would too. How about this? If you really had any balls on you, you would have Henry and re-sign Swift, and you'd have, and it costs you eleven million dollars to have DeAndre Swift and Derrick Henry as your running back. And by the way, Derrick Henry is also a motherfucker when it comes to pass protection. He can block his ass off. Can you imagine the old line having you turn around and you're like Jalen Hurts, Derrick Henry, <laughs> and that old line? Right, or you got Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts in the in the, in the two running back set. That's going to be crazy. See, Josh <laughs> Jacobs is ten six. Yeah, that's, that's they're that's, not going to do that. I, yeah, they're not doing that. Barkley's nine nine. They're not, not doing, doing that. Not doing that. And by the way, do I think Jacobs and Barkley get that number? I don't. I don't either. I don't think Eckler gets the seven four. I think Saquon is lucky to get seven. Yeah, somewhere about that seven two seven one. Austin Eckler will be around five and a half. Swift. I'll tell you what, man. Swift on the open market at six seven. Am I paying that? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm willing to argue. I don't know. My, I'm willing to argue Miles Sanders kind of ruined the running back market last year because <laughs> because you know he was the only running back that got paid, and he did nothing for the Panthers. So now you got teams looking at that like, well, six point five million a year. And a guy did nothing. Why would I? Why would I pay that? And the running back market is oversaturated with talent now. So there's a chance the Eagles probably could get Henry for a lower price or a decent price, or they could bring back DeAndre Swift. It's all possible because the, this, you gave Rashad Penny two and a half, and he did nothing for you. Why wouldn't you give a guy who's a beast like that four four and a half? My thing is, if you're willing to take a flyer on Rashad Penny. How can you not take a flyer on Derrick Henry? Is it even a flyer? It's not. No. It's it's, no. it's, it's, it's guaranteed production. No, it's guaranteed production. He's never not produced. You're not willing to pay an extra $2 million for Derrick Henry? And you just paid two point five to rush out penny and you didn't yeah, even pay I him? I thought he was going to be like 8 or $9 million. When I saw under five, I went, fuck that. I'm getting this guy. I don't see, I, I don't see why not. In my opinion, you need, a, point, you, you need a power back. You need a power back. You have no money, 4-3 for a power back. You ain't finding that in the draft, I'll tell you that. At that level, you're you're probably not. Dude, how much does Derrick Henry help your offense? He he helps instantly. He takes a lot of, in my opinion, he takes a lot of pressure off Jalen Hurts from you know from a running standpoint too. He takes it, and also he helps Jalen Hurts. He helps in pass protection. He helps in pass protection too. Can you imagine Jalen Hurts' runs? 
on how wide open he would be. And it will actually open up the passing lanes. Do you understand that when I'm a defender and I see a guy like that in the backfield and I know what that guy does to people and he makes highlight reels and he puts pelts on the wall and he fucks people up. I don't want to be on a highlight reel where my head is hitting the turf. And so I got to get my ass low because that guy, and then I got to worry. I'm worried about him. Get this. Jalen Hurts would have wide open lanes and throwing the ball. The tight end would be insane open. Block and release. Man, that just makes a ton of sense to me. And by the I way, I don't, want to, I don't want him carrying the ball 300 times. Nope, not at all. Not at all. I'm totally comfortable with having him carry the ball 160, 180 times. That's right. You know what? I'm totally comfortable with him being the new LeGarrette Blunt. Exactly. Exactly. And then you find a way to bring back Swift, or if not, you draft the guy. And now you got this young, elusive back, and you pair him with a power back in Derrick Henry. Your backfield is going to be tremendous. And you got Jalen Hurts. His, you know, his running abilities, his running ability is always a threat, no matter what you're doing. They, but I will say this though. The Eagles have so many holes. They have so many holes to fill on defense. They need to restore depth at the running back and wide receiver position and on the O-line. I don't know if I highly doubt Derrick Henry is at the top of their priorities. They need a power back. I'm with you. But I'm trying to think like them. And I highly doubt they even consider that. Isn't it funny? All the positions we address, they don't. Safety, (laughs) linebacker, running back, and they'll give us some sort of twisted bullshit answer on how they operate. All those – get this. So San Francisco has McCaffrey, Warner, and when healthy, Hufanga back there. Mm -hmm. Kansas City's got all these new young dudes that are rolling around, and we're talking about Nicholas Morrow and who got – and Reed Blankenship. And we're talking about Kenny Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell, all people that are nobodies. I mean, come on, man, dude, it's got to get to a point where people are going like this. Jesus, criminy. You haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since 79. I can't remember when you put a safety back there in a high pick. Well, last year they got Brown in the third. That's a high pick. But I mean, just. There's so you're right. There's a lot of holes. Running back, power backs, probably fourth on their list. You got to get depth at edge. You got to get linebackers. And you're not get this tone. It's not that you need a linebacker. You need a linebacker room. Yes, yes. You need a safety room. There's Think only two. That. There's only two linebackers I believe right now that's on the books, and that's Nicobe Dean and the guy, the undrafted kid. I think Ben Van Sumeren. And other than that, but other than that, who, who, they're, they're dudes. Vanderbilt, no, wait. Temple has a better linebacking court than the Eagles do right now. <laughs> hey, you just made you just made Rob Ellis happy with that one. <laughs> I leave you with that. You just made my man Rob happy with that one. <laughs> I leave you with that one. Tone, hey, I'm really glad that Kellen Moore's here, man. You just. Hey, listen, hopefully it's a fit. We'll see. Hey, man, Nikki. Good job, Nikki. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad you're approved, Nick. I'm glad. Yeah, Nick. Way to go, man. I mean, it probably was, uh, you know, it probably was tuck and go here a little bit, whether or not, you know, Kellen was going to be here because of the way you put that 
Uh, you're such an ass. You're such an asshole. Hey, you know. <laughs> you're such, a, you're such an asshole. <laughs> hey, really? <laughs> Wait, you're just noticing that now? Thank oh you. Oh my god, man. Zach, watch this. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tone. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. It's always fun. Thank you. That is the great tone. All right, don't forget, Rohan Marley will join us at 5:30 Eastern. We'll reset. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hit the like button. Don't forget, Rohan Marley will join us. The son of Bob Marley. Today's Bob Marley's birthday. Movie One Love's coming out. And a great athlete in his own right. One of the most interesting people I know. A dear friend of mine. Been friends with the Marley family forever. Looks like a great movie coming out. We're going to talk to Rohan. That'll be at 5.30 Eastern time. I'm going to look at some of the opponents that you guys are going to be playing coming up here, but 
I do want to say this about the 49ers. I know we got a lot of people that like the 49ers that watch the show every day. You guys got a lot of pressure on you. And so does Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan cannot go into the business of losing Super Bowls. Can't be in that business. Guy was part of an offense that blew a 28-point lead in Atlanta. He's lost the Super Bowl already in San Francisco. He can't lose three, kid, and be called the greatest coach in the league. You got to win one of these things. You know, you got to validate yourself. I mean, if he loses a third Super Bowl, you start to do this. Hey, man, this guy's overrated. This guy will sit here. He'll be like the Lamar Jackson of coaches. You got to win these playoff games. You got to win these Super Bowls to be considered a legend. Look at all these games that he's won. ton of them. Look at the high-powered offenses. All good. It has a little bit of a Don Coriel feel to it. Now, Don never got the Super Bowls, but it's got kind of a Don Coriel feel. Like, to be considered in the same conversation as Andy Reid. See, I'll tell you where I'll tell you where Kyle is now. Would you not agree? Kyle Shanahan is in the conversation with Andy Reid, Philadelphia coach. Wouldn't you agree? That Kyle Shanahan is how you looked at Andy Reid, Philadelphia. You guys in Philly can't look at Andy Reid and look at Andy Reid now and go, this dude's way better. Now, is it Mahomes or is it Reid? Or is it a coincidence that Andy Reid went to five NFC title games in Philly and now he's gone to six AFC title games in Kansas City? That can't be by coincidence. So he's gone to 11 conference title games with two different quarterbacks? I don't know, man. And he's done it at two different stops. Ray says it's Mahomes, not Reed. You don't think Andy Reed's a better coach today than he was in Philly? You don't? You don't think he's a better coach today? Like when you when hey, if you're having that debate now with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, don't you have that debate? Is it Andy Reid or is it Mahomes? Like, if Mahomes was coached by Kyle Shanahan, do you think Kyle Shanahan would have a Super Bowl? How about this one? Better yet, how about this one here, Tone? If Nick Sirianni was Patrick Mahomes' coach, do you think he'd have two Super Bowl wins? You think Nick Sirianni would deliver two Super Bowl championships if Patrick Mahomes was his coach? I do not. That's like saying that Phil and Kobe 
We're going to win championships. Okay. When they had Shaq and the crew together. And they had all them other coaches that were in there, like Rudy and all those other coaches who couldn't deliver an NBA championship. And they had Kobe and Shaq. Phil gets in the room. What happened? Changed the dynamic. Now, I know Kobe won one after. But he had Phil. I mean, having the guy with you matters. Great. Look, Joe Gibbs is really the only guy that has done this with Theismann and um, Mark Rippon, Doug Williams. It matters who that coach is and who that quarterback is. You know, I say this to you. Mahomes and Andy Reid are starting to look a little like Montana and Walsh to me. It's starting to look like that that both these guys are on the same page. But here's the difference. Bill Walsh thought it was him. He was going to trade Montana to Denver for Elway. And at the last second, he didn't pull the string. Now, I don't know. Elway's career may have been completely changed. But if you ever watch that Elway Marino 30 for 30, the agent makes the comment. He goes, Bill Walsh was in seconds away from trading for John John Elway. And they were going to trade Montana, who had won two Super Bowls. It was still early. And he was going to trade him to Denver, and it was going to be a straight-up trade, Montana for Elway. And at the last second, Walsh said no. See, as he still thinks Joe has Super Bowls in him. And he was right. He had three more. He had two more Super Bowls in him. Hey, Chris, I, was, I know Mark Rippon's daughter. She's a heck of a player in that lingerie league. She's a good hitter too, man. She's good. I've, I've seen her play. She follows me on Facebook and on Twitter. We're, we're friends, man. I like, I, I like her. She's a good girl and a good football player. And the only one won when he got with Mahomes, though. Well, they got two now. Dude, they've won two. They won last year. And a year before when they beat the 49ers, they've got two Super Bowls. He's now been, this is their fourth Super Bowl together in Kansas City. Okay? This is their fourth. Andy Reid now has five Super Bowl appearances. He's got five conference titles. Two different quarterbacks. Belichick hasn't done that. Sirianni doesn't win a Super Bowl with Mahomes. There's your, there's, there lies your difference. You're, he's, he, he's not a Super Bowl winning coach. You don't really believe that guy's going to win a Super Bowl as a head coach in the National Football League, do you? That's why when you brought him back, and you know, I hear people, even on my network, saying that it's a great move bringing him back. You'll never win a Super Bowl with him. If if you know you're not going to win a Super Bowl with the coach you have, why are you bringing him back? Because he's got a 667 win percentage. That's the stupidest comment you could possibly have. Win percentages doesn't it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. 
He's been to the playoffs three years in a row. That doesn't matter either. Marv Levy went to the playoffs a whole ton of times. Marv Levy has probably more playoff wins than Chuck Knoll. You think Marv Levy's a better coach? You think he's a better coach? Okay, you think he's a better coach? Than Marv Levy? Callie Green. No, you're right, Callie Green. Because most Super Bowl winning coaches have stretches where they look like complete horse shit and they lose six of seven. I don't ever remember that with Walsh. I don't remember that with Belichick even. I don't remember that with Shula. I don't remember that with Brian Billick. I don't remember that with Marv Levy. I don't remember that with any of them. Okay? I don't remember any of that. I don't. And they got you cheerleader. It's really a great move that we brought Nikki back. Give me a break. All right, let's move over here. I think it's going to matter. Now, here, I say this, and I've said it a couple weeks ago, and I'll say it again to you. Sirianni will probably be fired after week seven, okay, of next year. He'll be fired after week seven. So it, it will matter how this schedule plays itself out here. Here are your home games. Dallas, Washington, the Giants, Atlanta, Carolina, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Washington, Cincinnati on the road, Dallas on the road, Baltimore, New Orleans, Giants, Tampa, Jags, Rams. Those are your road teams. And with the roster being right now, I'll say this to you. Let's let's go through this. Not if you'll win it. Do you have a better football team roster-wise than these other teams? Let's make it simple. Because I can't look at the future and go, well, you'll win them. I don't know. You couldn't beat the Giants. Uh, Nick's three years compared to Hall Hall of Fame coaches. Nick's three years compared to HOF 10-year-plus coaches. That's right. You can't. I'm not the one making comparisons because it's asinine. But some of you compare Nick Siri Liar to Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh. Those fucking guys have won Super Bowls. Your guy is a tomato can. And to honor Rocky and Carl Weathers and Apollo Creed, Spider Rico. Nick Sirianni is the Spider Rico of coaches. Who's your coach? Spider Rico. He's a bum. You think all my coaches are bums. Well, ain't they? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey, Tone. Nick Siri Liar is Spider Rico of coaches. That's who we, from now on, he is dubbed Spider Rico. Spider Rico, Nick Sirianni. Who's your coach? Spider Rico. Guy still alive? (laughs) 
Yeah, you should see he's doing better than you. <laughs> doing better than you. Yeah, right? Hey, he's doing better than you. Spider Rico. Great. You have a better roster than Dallas. No, Dallas has the better roster than you right now. Washington. You're better. You have a better roster than Washington. Giants, you have a better roster than the Giants. Atlanta, you have a better roster than Atlanta. Carolina, you have a better roster than Carolina. Cleveland, you do not have a better roster than Cleveland. No, 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 no. That's a good roster. It's great. No, 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 no. Pittsburgh. Do you have a better roster than Pittsburgh? Your fucking defense is terrible. Better than Pittsburgh. I think that's kind of a push. You're not better than Green Bay. Right now. Washington, your Cincinnati's better. Roster? Yeah, that's a push. Dallas, you don't. Baltimore, you don't. New Orleans, you do. Giants, you do. Tampa? Shit, they beat the piss out of you. Sully goes, who on Cleveland's offense... Watson ain't been shit in three years. Are you under the impression you're good? Zach Wilson beat you, Sully. Tyrod Taylor beat you. Kyler Murray ran circles around you. Drew Locke beat you. Where are you coming from where you think you're better than Cleveland? Cleveland's a better defense. They're the number one defense in the league. Their tight end shows up every week. Yours doesn't. They played with five quarterbacks. It got to the playoffs. You got a better coach, too. Yeah, you. they have Kevin Stefanski. You have Spider Rico. Okay. Spider Rico. That they got destroyed the last I saw. I saw you get annihilated by the Buccaneers to the point where your guys didn't even want to tackle anymore. You're better than New Orleans. Tampa? I think that's another push. Jags? I'll take the Jags roster over you. Rams, I'll take you. So let me see. Of the of the 17 games you'll play, obviously divisional games play each other twice. Let's see here. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. 
five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. That's kind of about right. Guys have won eight games this year. Damn. Eight games. I think with the new coaches, we won't have a team that gives up. They needed a fresh start. Danny, I'm not going to piss on that. Danny, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to go hard on that one there. Because with the new voices, maybe there is a new attitude. And I've seen that work like that. But to what extent, I don't know. It's a lot. Hey, watch this. You're going to have a lot of new faces on defense, a lot of new voices on defense, and you're going to have a new approach. Not a new approach, but you're going to have a different direction on offense. There's a lot going on and a lot of moving parts with the Eagles. That sounds about right, Gary. Eight and eight. Okay, that's 16, so it's got to maybe nine and eight. That's how about this? I'm gonna I'll make the prediction now. Unless something changes personnel-wise, I'll say it. I think the uh Philadelphia Eagles are a nine and eight football team as of February 6th. During Super Bowl week, I'll say they're a nine and eight team. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt here and give you the win on that side of the ledger because of Hertz. And because I think Hertz will be better. I don't think Jalen's going to regress because that would be a complete, unless I'll tell you this, here's going to be a, you pray AJ Brown don't get hurt. Okay. Cause if AJ Brown gets hurt, I think that offense could be in chaos. You got to count on some, some health here. Jalen needs all the help he can get. Cause here's what I'll say to you. Jalen hurts. Cannot have two. Do we agree? Jalen Hurts is back into the prove-it stage again. I said that, Yale. I don't know the roster yet. But according – here, I do know this. Your rookies have had no impact the last two years. So I'm not looking at any rookies. And we'll see the kind of money they spend. And if it's anything like they did last year, you're not going anywhere. And that that's those are facts. Okay. Those, those, those are absolute facts. So if you build this team the same way you did this past all season, you're a nine and eight team. Rent is due with interest this time. Isn't that crazy? You know, Jalen Hurts back in the position he was in 22. Probably a good thing. That's probably a good thing. Hey, Ruiz goes like this. He got the bag sales. Why would he be on a prove-it season? Well, to keep the bag of money coming, ask Derek Carr. Ask Jared Goff. Hey, you get the bag of money, you got to prove that, that you're deserving of that bag of money. How many of those deals haven't worked? Did Kyler Murray got the bag of money? Kyler Murray got a bag of money. Has he panned out yet? No. 
Josh Allen, too. You got to at least get to a Super Bowl. At least Burroughs got to one. Shit, Purdy, I'll tell you this. Is there more accomplished quarterback in the NFC than Brock Purdy? Who? Golf? It ain't Dak. Who's more accomplished? Ruiz. Purdy's been to two NFC title games and is now in the Super Bowl. Hertz doesn't have more accomplishments. Two years starting as a quarterback in the NFL, Brock Purdy's led his team to the NFC championship game and now to the Super Bowl, 60 minutes from winning it. He's not more accomplished. And he's gonna he finished second in the MVP voting. So what are you talking about here? And he's done this two years in a row. Okay, Stafford's got a ring. That's a good one. Stafford's got an under 500 record as a quarterback in the league. You know that? I, I believe if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think Matthew Stafford has a losing record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think that's true. He may have because of the Rams. Um, may have gone a little bit above 500. Okay. Jalen plays well because he knows he didn't have a good year. At least he'll try to get, he, he's not going to try. He's going to get better. I believe that. Pretty needs a ring to pass Jalen. He's been to two conference title games. He's already passed them. He's gone further two years in a row. What are you talking about? He got bounced by the, by the Bucks. How's he ahead of him? He's thrown for more yards, more touchdowns. He's gone further two years in a row, and he's 17 and four in the post in, in the regular season. What are you talking about? What are you guys talking about? Silver medals count now. Oh, wait. I didn't say for legacy. Hey, Twiz, two conference freaking title games to one. And a Super Bowl is more than one appearance in one NFC title. Do you not get that? Or is that too much to have to roll into? Flex, I don't think you got it. I don't think you got it. All right. One of the legendary families will join us. He's such an interesting guy. He's a dear friend of mine. Rohan Marley. Today's Bob Marley's birthday. There's a movie coming out called One Love. Obviously, he was married to the legendary Lauren Hill of the Fugees. He played on the Jamaican national team, too, I think, in rugby. He played at the University of Miami, and he's going to celebrate his dad's birthday with us. And that's going to be at the bottom of the hour at 5.30 Eastern. And I'm really looking forward to talking with him. We'll get his thoughts on the Super Bowl, playing with The Rock, also playing with SAP, winning a national championship. 
and he's got a great coffee business. He's an entrepreneur. All those kids, really, a lot of those kids from the Marley family have gone on to be independent, successful millionaires. It's a tremendous story, and we're going to bring it to you at 5.30 Eastern time. So we look forward to that. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Sales National Football Show, bottom of the hour. We're going to talk to our friend Rohan Marley and get his thoughts. And again, we look forward to talking with Rohan. That'll be bottom of the hour here as we will try to connect with our friend. Um, Vic Fangio, how much do you want him involved with the drafting of players on defense? You know, he was the head football coach of the Denver Broncos and he drafted Patrick Sertain. His last year was 2021. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you guys can correct me, but I think he was the head coach 
until 21 in Denver. And that was Patrick Sertain's first year. So he spotted the best cover corner that's in the National Football League right now. Okay? So he knows talent. He knows talent. Um, Would you want him to be in the room with Howie? Okay? Would you want him to be in the room with him when it came to the type of players that they're looking for? I would want him to be. I would lean on him. I would. What kind of player are you looking at, linebacker? What kind of player are you looking at when it comes to your corners? People that you're looking at rebuilding your roster with. Because to me, it looks like he knows what he wants on defense. I think that'd be an asset to Howie. Because I'm going to tell you this. Howie Roseman has to get this right. He clearly has to get this draft right. He's got to. Linebacker, he's notoriously known for his development of linebackers, Vic Fangio. Okay? Right? Well, that's inevitable. Howie will be in the war room. But Denny, I don't know if I want Howie making the final call. But Crowley, that can't be the, that's not the case. You're giving the obvious too much credit. Okay? You're giving the obvious too much credit. Look, look, like I said, Nicobe Dean's a third round draft choice. So is Fred Warner. How did John Lynch and those guys land on Fred Warner? How'd they land on him? Because you know why? John Lynch is a football guy. Howie Roseman is a bookworm. He's not a football guy. GM's job is not an easy job. It's not an easy job when you think you know more than the other guys that are in the building than you. And you make it harder. Personally, I think your general manager makes his job harder. I think he makes his job harder. Dude, if I don't know how to draft corners and edge and linebackers, I'm going to hire the best assistant scouting guy I can possibly find to come onto my staff. I'm not just going to keep enabling people to make shitty draft choices year in and year out. That's what you guys are doing. Then it gets into the structure that Tone and I were talking about where we're sitting here going, why are they playing that guy? Well, because they drafted that guy. And then you got to validate and justify. That's the problem you have right now. Howie has too much. I like that, Maniac. It's just stubbornness to really bend and say, I don't know how to draft corners. I don't know how to draft linebackers. And when I mess up, I feel I have to still validate my pick. Like, it's more important for, for would we not agree? It just seems that Howie Roseman, it's more important for him to be right than win. Okay? 
Will Perez goes like this. Dude stays hating on Philly like there's no other teams. How much hate do you need to get views? What am I hating on, Will? Will, in your opinion, what did what what am I hating on? What am I hating on, Twiz? Your linebacker play? Your cornerback play? Your defensive play? Your defensive play calling? What exactly am I hating on that you think I'm wrong? What do you hate? What am I hating on? What am I hating on? Well, Callie, when you lose six or seven ball games at the end of the season and you have a Chernobyl meltdown, that's usually how it goes, kid. Suck it up, dude. Dude, there's a lot of sunflower shows and a lot of snowflake shows for you. If y'all hate Sill so much, how come you come here every day? Because you know why? They know what I'm saying is the truth. And they can't face the truth because people would rather be lied to than told the truth. Flexing, you know this. Most people, like Callie Green would rather be lied to about how great his team is and how good. Dude, no one's ripping Philly. No one's ripping the fan base. I've never ripped the fan base in any time in my entire time on the air in three years here. I've never ripped you guys. I ripped individuals, but I've never ripped the fan base ever. Buffalo, you guys, best fans around, man. I think San Francisco's got some great fans. I think Pittsburgh's got great fans. Okay? I've never ripped you guys. When your team fucking sucks, you're going to get killed. Like it or not. That's who I am. And I'm going to, you know, you know what's, you know what's crazy? Is that when, when Tone is being taught the business of the NFL, it makes him pissy too. Hey, here's what players deal with. Guy like Milton Williams. You know how Milton, let me tell you what Milton Williams feels every day when he goes home during the regular season. He sits around with his significant other, his wife, his girlfriend, whatever. Better than these guys, man. And you know what? You need to have a great support system. Because I felt for him all year. All year. Dude's played. He's been the second best DT the entire year next to Fletcher. Jalen was a streaky player, Jalen Carter. But the two best tackles were Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams. And Milton Williams goes home going like this. Fuck. I'm better than Jordan Davis. And I'm out playing Jalen Carter. I'll never get my chance here. I don't want to play here. You know what his agent and his wife are telling him? You're auditioning for 31 other teams. When you become a free agent, you can't stay here. You cannot stay here. If you want to be an NFL starter, it ain't in Philly. And he knows that. And I feel for him. Again, he's a guy that they'll never elevate. Dude. No matter what you do at the linebacker position, unless you draft a guy in the second round, Nicobe Dean's going to start. And he's going to get the opportunity. Those other guys, unless you're paying somebody big money in free agency, 
or you drafted somebody higher, he's starting. The guy who'll sit here who was drafted in the fourth round, I'll play him. Or maybe you get that um, Edgerin Cooper kid from A&M, and you draft him in the third or fourth round, or the fifth round, you get him somewhere down there. Kobe Dean will start. And it, he'll he'll be aggravated too. Because let me tell you this, man. There's no, there's nothing more than the mind, you know what, when you play in the National Football League. Because the coaches and the organizations, they drive you into drinking and depression. It's a, it's a disgusting life in how they treat certain people. And Philadelphia is the greatest example of that. It, it's a hierarchy system. He goes by class. He's not a football guy. That's why. John Lynch is going to play football people. Howie Rosen is going to play the guys he drafted. There's a, there's a direct difference. I mean, when you see a guy sucks, get off him. Okay? And when you can't draft him, hire somebody. There is a ton of great talent evaluators that are in the National Football League that would love jobs. Like here. Why not, why not bring Seth Joyner into your building? Let Seth look at linebackers. Seth, what do you think? What do you think of this guy, Seth? Why wouldn't you want to take full advantage of Seth Joyner sitting in your community who played one of the greatest defenses of all time and is arguably the best inside linebacker that you've ever had? Would we not say this, Bill Berge, Seth, in the last 60 years? Would you not say that? Seth Joyner, Bill Berge, are your two best linebackers inside that you've ever had. Is that fair? Why wouldn't you ask Seth Joyner? Seth, why don't you come in and watch some tape on some backers? Give me your professional opinion, okay, on what you see at the linebacker position. Maybe there's a couple guys. We got a, we got about five or six guys that we've ID'd, and maybe you have somebody else that you could recommend because we'd like to get your opinion, okay? And you go like this, all right, um, let, me, let me take a look at these guys. And Seth, give you his professional opinion on them. You don't have to have Seth Joyner coach the guys. You know what I'm saying? But what you can do is you could bring him in and get his expertise on playing the position. He played for freaking Buddy Ryan. Matt goes, Seth's testosterone is too high, makes Howie nervous. Well, that's not a reason not to ask him a question. You know, I, I heard Tone and those guys saying that one of the reasons Mike Vrabel didn't get a lot of job interviews is because Vrabel's very intimidating. What a bunch of weak son of a bees. You didn't bring a guy in your building because he intimidated you. No wonder you suck and you're looking for a coach. No wonder you suck. Another man intimidates a man? Well, you're not a football team then. Dude, if you're intimidated by another man's size and stature and you don't know what the man's built from and built with and who he is and you're intimidated by the exterior – that tells me a lot about a person because I know some of the smallest people on the planet that are some of the toughest people on the planet. 
And sizes doesn't always make the man. It's the thing inside and the engine inside that makes the man. That's why you miss so much in Philly on your picks. You look at the exterior like Jordan Davis. And you look at Jordan Davis and you go, look at the ability. Yeah, but what's inside? Is he determined to be the best player he can be? Does his motivation outweigh? I'd rather have guys on my team that outweigh their desire to be great than their ability. Because if you keep telling the kid he's going to be great, he will do everything in his power to be great. But if you got a guy who's been told that his whole life and he's got ability like Jordan has, he's going to coast. Jordan Davis is a coaster to me. He coasts along. And he relies on his ability. There's a ton of guys in the league like that. He's not the exception to that. There's a ton of guys who do that. That just coast. They're so gifted. How about this? I'll give you this point. Jordan Davis is one of the most talented big men I've ever seen. Is Jordan Davis a great football player? No. But Silsey can be. Oh, well, great. Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. I'm not a guy that's going to sit here and go, well, I think the kid's going to really like this. Check it out. You know, I'm talking about how the roster is going to look. And maybe if you add this guy in the draft and you go free agency, you know what most of you do? Well, I think Jalen's going to turn it around and work hard. Now, do I believe that? I do, because why? There's a sample size of him doing that in his career. There's no sample size of that Jordan Davis doing that. So for you to sit here and say he's going to get in shape and he's going to be a better player next year, where do you get that from? What, where, where do you where do you get that from when he's never done it? Yeah, I think there's something that what a lot of people tone to, you know, first round draft choices are overrated. The most successful round in NFL history is the third round. There's a reason. Players fall in line. It's by best player available. And by the time you get to the third round, that's where the best players that are going to make an impact on most teams are going to come from is that third round. First round's not the biggest impact round, nor is the second. It's the third. Since 1936, the NFL's been holding the draft, and the third round has got the most production of any round in pro football history. There's a reason. Money, ability, it all lines up. And you go usually by the third round, you go to need. When you're in the first round, you're making these wild-ass predictions. I mean, you're, you're, you're making these wild-ass predictions that you're going you're gonna to land on a guy in the first round. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Like here, look at Nolan Smith. Great example. Look at your last two drafts. You overdrafted Davis, and Nolan Smith has given you nothing so far. Now, could both players eventually grow into something like Brandon Graham? Because of the programs they came from, 
I give that the benefit. I do. I give that the benefit. Because they were at great programs, in a great conference. It's not like North Dakota State here. Okay? This is not like North Dakota State. So, right. Real quick, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a, a, a time out here because we're going to get Rohan Marley on here real soon. And I want to take a time out because I'm going to take him all the way up to the top of the hour. But I want to hit one thing on the Sean Desai story. Um, about 250,000 people have checked out that clip that we have on my social media page at Dan Cilio Show. And I heard something else yesterday, and I want to follow up with that. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Quick sales. Appreciate you coming aboard. We're efforting our friend Rohan Marley. 
We look forward to talking with him. Um, Vic Fangio coming in and becoming the new D coordinator, a very strict, hard coach to be around. A no-shit type of coach who's going to hold people accountable. And I got to tell you, one of the things you're going to dig about him, Fangio is going to be kind of like Doug Peterson. And what I mean by that is, I think there could be a problem, not with Vic and Nick, but with Vic and Howie. Because Vic Fangio is not going to roll into that building and you're going to tell him who to play if Vic Fangio doesn't think that's in the best interest of the integrity of the defense. See, it's not about one guy in that building and on that side of the ball. It's going to be more of Vic Fangio saying, this guy gives us the best chance to win. And if you play this guy over here, like, can I tell you this? There's not a chance in hell that Kobe Dean is going to be somebody that Vic Fangio thinks highly of. I know this guy, and I know who has played for him, and I know the guys who have coached with him. If you're a guy that's constantly hurt, and you're a guy, and I, by the way, I'm not really giving an indictment on kind of effort level he gives. I'm talking to Kobe Dean. I'm not really talking about that because I have no problem with the kid's effort. I have no problem actually probably with the kid's ability. But his availability will be a problem for him. See, Vic would rather play a guy he can put 16, 17 games around and put a game plan together than telling him that, well, this guy's a really great player and he plays eight games. Like, that could be something that could help Milton Williams out. Okay? I And get this. It would be potentially a change. I would think in mentality that Howie knows his ass is on the line too, along with Nick. Maybe what they're going to do here is this. Hey, Vic, what do we have to do to change this defense around? We're going to let you run this defense like we let Raheem Morris and Wade Phillips run the defense in Los Angeles. Are they going to give more? It seems that now, I'll tell you one thing that I will give kudos to, to the Eagles in their hiring, is that these assistant coaches that they're bringing in, these assistant coaches that they're bringing in are high-end quality assistant coaches. A lot of former D coordinators, a lot of guys who've worked with a lot of great people, I'm telling you guys, there's a lot of quality people that are being brought in here. And it kind of looks like, again, that he's been given, this is, I think Kellen Moore is getting a little bit of that. So the one thing that's noticeable, by the way, the message that the Eagles sent out about Kellen Moore being a coordinator and, and being the coordinator, it's dumb, it's PR, there's no need for it. But what I do like, let's look at their actions. They're at least letting these guys bring in high quality. Like, look at a quarterback coach who's had a ton of experience being around people. 
Uh, Clint Hurt, the former defensive coordinator with the Seattle Seahawks, is now your D-line coach. There's a lot of minds that are going to be in that room that are going to help the team when it comes to personnel potentially. And by the way, veteran players that are out there in the league that these guys know when they say, hey, this guy can help me. See, I don't really think you had that on your coaching staff this last year. I don't think you had a lot of guys that looked around. And maybe I don't think how we looked at it and gave those guys a lot of kudos when it came to asking opinions. Because everything is really closed now in a box. It's a good thing. Look, I'll I, I tell you this. You know, I thought about it just a couple minutes ago. I'm pretty encouraged about the assistant coaches you're hiring. This looks like a better staff than last year for sure. And it could be as good as the one you had in 22. Okay? It's got the makings. And if you have a good staff like that, you can go places. I actually like the assistant coaching hires. More so, look, I think the coordinators, like 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 Tone and I were saying, I think the coordinators, at the end of the day, I think we'll find out whether or not they're going to connect with Jalen and they're going to, Vic's going to be great over on that side of the ball. We got to wait and see till we see in September on what happens. But as you're hiring these assistants, it looks like the staff is definitely being upgraded. Okay. Twist goes, all these coaches with no talent. I wouldn't say offensively. I'd say defensively, you have no talent. And hopefully that changes with some of the people that they could recommend or you draft. Okay? So, yeah. Let me say this about the side here. Um, the more and more that's coming out now about Sean Desai, is that there was really an issue in the building with his bedside manner and how he communicated with his players. And having spoken to some of the coaches or a few people that were in there, they were even alienating some of the position coaches. And some of the position coaches were starting to whisper to Nick. And it just became, let me tell you this. It what the, the coaching staff fell apart before the team fell apart. The players held it as long as they could. That's why it was such a weird meltdown. How do you go from being 10 and one and a complete nuclear meltdown. The players took it as far as they could. And then get this, the chaos in the coaching staff ranks. I got to tell you, man, you know, Nick couldn't control it because he had no control. And there lies the problem. He really had no control. Okay, he, he, he had zero control of the issue. 
Okay. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Let me see. Let me. Let me see if I can uh, tone. Hopefully. Um, Yet Nick had no control. Of the situation because he didn't have control. It was really an uncomfortable scenario um, for everyone involved and how that coaching staff melted down like that. So this thing really fell apart first and foremost with the coaches. And it just completely imploded. So it was an unwinnable situation. And Desai kept getting, I don't want to use the word belligerent, but it got to a point where then the players started saying, okay, well, this thing's going nowhere. And that's why everyone didn't want to play any longer. And then when they put Patricia in, it became more of a train wreck. And you're like, okay, man, the internal problems that that team and organization had this year are not being documented enough. They're just not being. The coaching staff let that football team down last year and didn't give them a chance to win. And that has to be an organ. That has to be the reason that Jeffrey Lurie agreed to have Nick come back because that was an organizational failure, not a player failure. They didn't give him the proper coaching they needed on both sides of the ball. You know, it's funny. Some of the coaches on the way out the door were talking about the offense and that Jalen Hurts was, again, I mean, and and, and plus making Jalen not accessible, that was an organizational decision. So your boss doesn't get fired if you do well. Sirianni won't be replaced. By more. Sirianni's on a one-year deal, dude. Okay? It's crazy with Desai, the defense had some good games too. That Philly, yeah, they did. Like the Miami game, the Dallas game, <clears throat> Buffalo, they won. Kansas City was a good one. The Vikings. I thought the Rams game was good. I thought the Dolphins was probably his best performance. But I'll say this to you about the side. Sean's got to go to a place now where he's an assistant coach again. Look, here, here, here's and, and and he's such a young coach that I'll make this point to you. Um Bill Belichick had horrible bedside manner. And when, when Bill Belichick was named the defensive coordinator, when Parcells got the head coaching job in New York, Lawrence Taylor hated the hire. I know this. You know why? My uncle was the general manager of the team. Then George Young took over. And they hated Belichick. Belichick had poor bedside manner. He didn't communicate well. He didn't articulate himself well. He didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that well. And 
Parcells tried to help him. I think Bill became, I don't think Bill's ever been a good communicator or ever been a guy that is a guy who communicated with his players. That's why he had a buffer in the building like Brady. Do you think Bill Belichick will get hired by the Eagles if the season doesn't go right in the middle of the year? Great question. Um, No. I think that if Bill Belichick ever comes to Philly, Howie's fired. Howie would have to be fired for Belichick to be the Eagles head coach. Howie's not, he's not going to work with Howie Roseman. That's not going to how that works. He turned the Atlanta job down because of that. Okay. I would never, he would never do that. Netflix, we're, we're efforting him. I just text him too. So we're trying to work out. Rohan's been a friend forever. So unfortunately, I think he's in Jamaica right now. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully we can run him down. If not, we'll get him tomorrow. Hiring and firing Brian Johnson has ruined the Eagles' chances of hiring within. It worked out poorly. I wouldn't say that, Reyes. I'm not going to make one mistake in my organization's history and make that as the sample size for things going forward. Every year is different because that's the case there. Guess what? That means you pass on Denard Wilson just because you say that it's not good to hire from within. I'm not doing that. There's nothing set in stone, in my opinion. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it, brother. Live TV. <laughs> not fizz. Is that better? Okay. Three Mile Island Meltdown. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Completely true. Hey, I'll say this to you. I think Josh Allen needs a better coach. I don't think Sean McDermott's the right guy for him. I thought Jim Harbaugh would have been a great hire for them. I would not have Sean McDermott as my head coach for Sean, for uh, Josh Allen. He's not good enough. He's just not good enough. They need an offensive play calling head coach in there, in my opinion, in Buffalo. I, I do not believe he's a good enough coach. Look at what they just did for I'll tell you, I'll make a I'll make a prediction to you. Justin Herbert will have a better year than Josh Allen next year. He'll have a better, he'll have a better year. I love that Cosmo. Bill Belichick to the Buffalo Bills to play the Patriots and with Josh Allen and with Josh McDaniels, man, I like that. I like that. (laughs) Close enough, Sills. (laughs) Hey, thank you. Hey, Zeus says, do you think Sirianni has any say of who they – none? Zero. I think his assistant coaches – hey, Zeus, I think his assistant coaches are going to have more say. 
on who they hire as players than Nick will. RTF Sills, if GMs and executives ranked head coaches, where would Nick be listed? Tom, where would you rank? Where would you rank Nick at 32 NFL head coaches? It's a great question. I'm not going to completely diss the guy. Where would you rank Sirianni in the 32 coaches in the league? Not 30. Not 30. Not 30. Fifteen? Thirty-four. <laughs> Probably fifteen. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, I think probably, no, not 30-32. Dude, you got to give his accomplishments something of kudos here. You've got to give it to him. So you, 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 you have to. Hey, number one in cheerleading skills, number 32 in coaching skills. <laughs> okay. I like it there. What do you guys make of losing a home game? To the Brazilians, great-looking women, tremendous-looking women. Tremendous. 15 and 12, that's somewhere in there, Tone, Suriani, 15 and 12. I'm Rob Rutz, but that sounds right. I hate it. It's a home game. You guys lose a home game? I hate that for the fans. So you guys spend all your money. You help them build Lincoln Financial. And they take home games away from you. And give it to another country. And they take commerce away. Guys that are on seasonal jobs. You know, most of those stadium jobs are seasonal and the store and the, and the restaurants and the stands that are around the stadium, they, they wait for that every year. And the NFL takes a game away from the community when they tell you, and they're selling the um, facts that these stadiums are going to be community oriented and they're going to help the local communities. And that's how they hijack you guys by telling you that they take a game away from you and send it to Brazil, which did nothing, and nor do they. You think the Brazilians give a shit about NFL football? That's the home of Pele. That's not the home of Tom Brady. That's the home of Pele. Take a home game away from a city like Philly? Why don't you take one of those shit teams and bring it over to Brazil? I got a problem with it because it takes games away from the home fans that help build the stadium. Help build the fan base. Help build the civic pride. For what? 
for the NFL to take advantage of you. I can't tell you how I hate that shit. When I see teams playing in London, it's useless as a player. Players hate it. And it's not so much that they hate the travel, which they do anyway, but there's no rhyme or reason to it except for money. And what they'll do is they lie, though. Hey, when they were when they were trying to get Lincoln Financial built in Philadelphia, okay, and, and, and they were trying to build that stadium, you know what they were doing? They're, they're telling you, hey, this is all about the community. This is all great. You know, this will be something that you'll be very proud of, Lincoln Financial. And you guys are probably sitting there going like this. Sills, it's one game. One game's a lot of money. You know, one game in an NFL city like Philadelphia is like $10 million in commerce for local businesses, local advertising. It's like $10 million. It may not seem a lot to the NFL, but to seasonal people that have restaurants and shit down there, it matters to me. So they give the game to Brazil. Why? I'll tell you why. So they can get those FIFA people excited about coming to America. And the NFL brand is not bigger than FIFA around the world. In America, it is. But FIFA is bigger than the NFL. They want some of that Saudi money. Bet your ass. They want some of that money that gets pumped into FIFA. FIFA makes way more money than National Football League. They're not as big as World Cup soccer. Shit, that Premier League is insane when it comes to the amount of money. NFL teams gross up to $10 million for a single home game. This is the study number considering teams are only guaranteed eight or nine regular season games. An additional one or two preseason games. So think about this. 10, 10 games at $10 million is $100 million. Local communities and local businesses. It's $100 million. You don't think NFL business locally is a big entity? It's totally a big entity. And when you take one of those games away, you're taking a lot of commerce away from people. And, and I'm sorry I'm going on about it, but it bugs me because the NFL will sit there and lie to you. Hey, this is great for the branding of the league. It expands the league. It grows the league. And you do this. No, it doesn't, dude. All it does is makes the owners richer. That's all it does. All right. It looks like we're going to have to push our friend um, Rohan to tomorrow. That's why it was such a huge deal with the Eagles blew the one seed. The Eagles potential lost two home games in the playoffs. And remember something in the playoffs. It's not just $10 million. Those games are more money because advertising dollars are doubled. So you're talking $30 million for two games combined that you lost and, 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 and them melting down like that. $30 million in home money that businesses could have prospered. It was a big deal, man. 
So get this, you're going to lose $40 million in local business revenue because your team melted down and the NFL took a game away from you in the last two years. You're going to lose $40 million in local money. Always remember, man, the NFL starts with money. You should start with it too. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We will be moving Rohan to tomorrow. Something popped up on him. He's doing a a hit for, I believe, HBO with this new movie coming out. One Love coming up February 14th. So he's doing a lot of media. And he just got caught. And so we will move him to another day. So I think we got Joe Theismann tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Looking forward to talking with him. I'll tell you, as as we get closer to the Super Bowl here, what quarterback are you rooting for? Mahomes or Purdy? 
Mahomes or Purdy? Hard not to like Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's just hard not to like him. His wife's a big mouth. My wife's a big mouth. His dad, now he has to. Dude, and how about this? Has to answer a question. What do you make of your father's DUI arrest? At the Super Bowl press day. That's really shitty. It really is, man. I felt for him. What's he going to answer? Hey, remember something. You can't pick your family. So you got to kind of go in there. Hey, man, I'm not going to comment on it. I have no comment. You know what I'm saying? Not cool. So he's got a lot. And I'll tell you what, he's probably the most sane guy in that family. I like him. I do. I, You know, he's more likable than Brady. But the Purdy stories, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like the Purdy story. Guy making no money. Nobody thought shit of him. Well, last player drafted was a four-year or three-year starter at Iowa State. I mean, I saw the kid play in college, and I was like, you know, and this guy is doing something that's insane. By the way, would we not agree? Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl. Doesn't he change how you look at paying the quarterbacks? Don't you go like this? I won a Super Bowl with a guy making less than $900,000. That's a great call. Greasy. Hey, Tone, isn't Brock Purdy this? Isn't he Rocky? I mean, isn't he Rocky? Underdog? Didn't know him thought anything of He's not? How is he not? This guy's like Rocky. Baby step sills. I still hate that. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, when it comes to tone, that son of a B will not put them eagle colors down. He is going, hey, see this right here? Hilarious. That lets you know this. Like, like he said when we were talking earlier, Sills, you're just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. see, Tone, he, he, he's not going to go over on that eagle thing, man. It's just not going to happen. That's, the, that's not going to work for me. All right. So we'll, we'll work on Rohan for tomorrow. We apologize for him not coming up here today. Tone, that's probably one of the best comments you ever made. Sills, man. You see, you know, because I was talking, I was goofing on that uh, press release. And here we are on the steps of the Philadelphia Library. And he's like, you're just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And? <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much, man. We so appreciate you coming aboard each and every single day. Thank you again. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you very much. As always, Tone, you were fabulous again. Two to six tomorrow, and we'll see you on the flip side.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.